Oof. Fuck, Jesus. What does that sound? Holy shit. That's our, that's our doorbell. Oh, my God. It's awful. Fucking the worst. Should we just put that in? <laughs> Did we just start? Yeah, we started. That's my doorbell. That's my doorbell. That is a really... Well, I don't know if I'm going to get it in the recording, but that is a horrible sound. Oh, I think I'm we should sorry. put it in. <laughs> if this is going in the episode, then the doorbell has to go in. How how are you feeling, man? You were a little a little uh, peaked earlier today. Will, Will, I just flew in from almost three hours of PlayStation VR, and boy, are my inner ears tired. Okay, so so PlayStation VR inherently isn't bad, right? Like they like. The Astro game, I played a lot of games that were good. Even that that Iron Man one where you fly around yeah. worked really well and yeah, like played smart. But I bet you played something that did not play smart. Uh Resident Evil 7. Yeah, no, that's a that's not a good one. I mean, the game's great. That's a dumb one that plays dumb. Look, they when you're a VR developer, you have two ways to go. You can be thoughtful and you can build a piece of software that respects your users and is not designed to make them feel bad, or you can choose violence and uh, Capcom chose violence with Resident Evil 7. Dude, that, that game does violence to the player in every conceivable way. <laughs> I mean, if you've played it, not only does it force you to visit grievous bodily harm on yourself over and over. Look, I was too scared to play it. Uh, really? I'm not, like on a screen, I was too scared to play it. There's no chance in hell. Oh, wait. But you told me earlier you was too scary and you tapped out. I thought you meant in VR. God, no, I was in a <laughs> fully lit room at like 11 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, no, I got to the part where I did the first flashback, maybe 40 minutes in and was like, nope, I'm done. This is no, uh, not for me. No, thank I you. I have chosen not only to play it in VR, but also in front of hundreds of people at one time, because my, the, the basis of my entire career at this point is masochism. That's the only way I would do that though. If it's, if my suffering is entertainment for some other humans, I, mm. I would, I would, I would play the scary barf game in, in VR. Oh. Like, like, I don't know. That game is really frustrating to me because it's a really well-made game and they just ignored all of the best practices for VR development. We're like, okay, here it goes. Here's the thing. So I'm justified in feel I'd like I did that spend almost three hours since I got out of that headset and I still feel queasy. No, it's not your fault. It's the, it's the, it's the develop. It's the choices that they made in development of that game. And and realistically, it's probably not even the developer's fault. It's probably that somebody signed a business deal and was like, hey, you got to make a VR version now. And they didn't give them any extra resources. So they slapped on the VR APIs and and shipped it. And and like the thing about VR sickness is you can't push through. No, like the, like there's no it doesn't like you can build up a tolerance over a long period of time to that kind of motion sickness. If you do a lot of VR stuff over a long over months and months and months and years. But like you're not going to if you start feeling bad and you go for another hour, you're not going to suddenly be OK with the amount of bad you feel. You're just going to keep feeling worse and worse and worse. That's basically exactly what happened. Yeah. And here we are. It's unpleasant. Norm almost ruined himself one extra life. Oh, no. When he was playing on one of the Oculus dev kits, Euro Truck Sim, which was also a bad like it was a bad implementation before we knew how to make good implementations of mm. that kind of game but like you could stick your head around to the left and it would it would skew your camera perspective like you like the like your driver was leaning his head out of the window to look behind him and that that one even like look i could play vr games on mobile headsets in the back of moving cars with no problem but that made me feel not great so yeah i'm feeling VR's sicker just hearing about it Follow the rules, man. That's yeah. all I say. Yes. Also, you started to say something about PSVR on the PS5 before we started, and I was going to address it, and I've forgotten what it was. Yeah, I, I, I. So I, when I got my PS5, I got one of those dongles that you know you could you 
put went to a website and put in your serial number and they sent you a dongle a few days later. But I haven't actually plugged it in. And I was curious if like some of the PS4 games that I play on PS5 seem to play better on PS5 than they mm-hmm. did on PS4. And I wonder if that's going to be the case with the PSVR and 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 PS5. I can, I can tell you almost certainly no. Um, and the reason for that is that they did not extend the PSVR API or libraries to PlayStation 5 SKUs. Those libraries uh, literally do not exist. They actually had to come out and address this shortly after the PS5 came out. So it's just straight back compat. Like, you know how they show up in the interface as a PS4 or a PS5 game by designation? Yeah. yeah. So games that are designated as PS5 games literally cannot access the PSVR hardware. Well, so there you go then. So you can only play backwards compatible PS4 games, meaning they are most likely exactly the same. So does that mean that like the PS4 games like Ghost of Tsushima that I played that look better? It's only because they made a PS5 enhanced version. That's a complicated one. Ghost of Tsushima. So any game that typically had like an unlocked frame rate will actually, you know, enjoy benefits from having an okay. uncapped frame rate. Like it, it'll run smoother than the PS4 version did by virtue of being able to hit higher frame rates due to brute force power. Right. Yeah. Some quote unquote PS4 games with unlocked frame rates ran better automatically. Others had to get patches to be PS5 games. Some got both. Great. But VR games, I, I would assume VR games are like performance tuned so tightly to run on that headset that they're probably exactly the same. Well, I was going to say that is the one thing that Sony did a really good job on is I don't think I saw anything that gave that made me feel hinky because of VR because the frame rate was bad. It was mostly because of poor choices in the mm. in the mo- in the movement. So if there's anything you want to avoid in your in your PlayStation experience. It's the VR hink. Man, nobody wants that VR hink. Welcome to Brad and Will Made a Tech Pod. I'm Will. Hi, I'm Brad. Hey, Brad. How you doing? I'm doing well. How Do you know you what doing? time it is? <laughs> what time is it? It is the best time. Oh? It is the very best time is of it, them all. Is, is it the most wonderful time of the year? It, look, I, I, need, I felt as I was getting dressed today, I was like, I need to get a special shirt for these most special of episodes. Whoa. It's a ranking of. Oh, what? What shirt? Wait, what's oh, I can't see your mic is in the well, way. What is no, the I special don't, shirt? I don't, I don't have that. I said I need to get one. I, I oh. just my shirt just has like a GitHub guy on it right now. It's not. It was a tchotchke shirt. I'm wearing a collared shirt right now. Do you do you have an interview today? That's, going, that's how official this ranking is going to be. I thought to get you were going to say Applebee's. Uh, we'll, we'll see how things pan out. Okay, okay. Get back to me in six months. Um, I thought you were going to say it's time to start putting up the decorations. No. Well, well I mean, we so okay. We ordered turkey. We, we okay. I, I have a I have a Thanksgiving confession. Go on. Last year, we did our normal Thanksgiving stuff, even though it was only the three of us here. And it was a shitload of work. And my daughter was off all week. And I ended up spending basically Friday with her because the other four days we were either <laughs> cooking or eating or cleaning the house or doing all this other stuff. Wait, you mean all those years that I came to your house for Thanksgiving, you guys were putting the better part of a week into pulling uh, that off? 
No, it wasn't that much. But when you with the, with the kid it comes into a, it becomes a little more complicated. I, I feel I start to feel really guilty about the single bottle of wine or bag of King's Hawaiian rolls that no, I man, brought to the those deal. things. That's the deal. We bring we invite people to come and like we we love to share the the. It's like it's, I love Thanksgiving. That's, I should have brought at least two bottles. I mean, I don't really drink, so it's just that's, more shit that I have to give away to somebody else later. So don't worry fair, about it. Fair. Or that we have to pound down that day. Mm, yeah. Anyway, now you're talking. Yeah. Anyway, the point is like, it's, it's a big, it's, it's like a lot of prep over a long period of time. It's a little bit of prep over a long period of time, right? Like, like one day I make pie crust and then the next day I make the pies and then, you know, we do all the pre Turkey stuff and like put together all the casseroles and then theoretically on the day of, you just put it all in the oven, but it never actually works out that way. Cause there's always a bunch of other stuff that ha- you have to do. So this year we just, Gina was like, Hey, what do you think about ordering Thanksgiving? Yeah. And I was like, huh, <laughs> that is an interesting idea. And to she Boston said, market. Well, we didn't no, go to Boston I'm, I'm, market. I'm we went to buy right. But like, oh. we looked at Boston market. Boston market does <laughs> okay. a pretty good spread. I was Do impressed. They? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but we went, we, we looked at the buy right thing and I was like, this is probably less money than we normally spend. And um, my, I mean, I'm still gonna make the pies because the kiddo and I like to make the pies together. Dude, those pies are so good. Um, but yeah, so so we ordered Thanksgiving and it's coming like we just have to warm stuff up in the oven, basically. Wow, that sounds I think great. We have to cook the casseroles, but like I'm very interested to see how this is. Um and then we get to spend the week with the, with my my daughter while she's yeah, off school. That's, so that's that nice. is a worthy trade. Yeah, I'll say. I so. real quick before we move on, uh we last year yes. traded the turkey for roast duck. Ooh. Yeah. It's pretty I remember awesome. you told me about that. Pretty awesome. We just we rolled up to Clement Street on early on Thursday morning and got in line and got a freaking duck for that Thanksgiving. Great. Oh, it was good. I love a duck. Crispy skin. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, love that. Hoisin sauce. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you get the Did you get the the, the buns? The little buns. Oh, uh, little Sandos. I can't remember. Maybe okay. might have just done the yeast roll thing. Uh, okay. Okay. I know we have to rank. Let me ask one more very quick holiday. Yeah, of course. Culinary question. We're thinking about trying our hand at the chef steps nog. Mm-hmm. Do we have time? Have we missed the window? No, I I don't I don't age. Oh no! Oh. I mean, if you want some aged nog, I have I found one. I cleaned out the free <laughs> fridge the other day. Oh, and I no. found one in the back. Oh no! Uh, it's all yours if you want it. Just Wait, say the word from last year. Uh, probably last year. Wow, huh? I don't you, think I would eat, drink it. But if you look, you you don't have kids. You can swing if wide. I, if I hmm. live your best life. How hard would I have to spike that to ensure that it's good? Well, the problem isn't the things that are living in it. The problems are the what the things that live in it excrete. So no oh, amount right. of spiking is going to solve your problem. You oh. might just, Is it one of those where it's not the it's not the bugs? It's the bugs poop that does yeah, it. The bugs poop is what kills oh, you. No, I mean, this could be like a Homer Simpson situation with the with the chili, though. It could you could see through time. There's all mm. sorts of options here. <laughs> Maybe we should just make a new batch. I mean, the new batch is the safe way to go. Uh, so you don't age. Interesting. I don't age. Okay. I, I don't have enough fridge space to age them out. I sure. made, I made like I make last year. I made four and a half gallons, I think. Wow. Cause I give a quart to everybody. Like everybody gets a quart. Basically. Yeah. I used to just give pints and, and people were like, Hey man, you got any more of that? No. Can I, can I, can I confess the reason that I want to make our own nog? Cause is because you don't want to have to ask me if you want any more. You well, got any more of that? No, nog? I wouldn't do that. Cause other people need their nog too. But it was like, it was so good that we rationed it last year. <laughs> like we had to think long and hard every time we poured some. So it was if, like there's there's not much of this to go around. We got to make it count. If you have a sous vide, the thing to remember is every glass of nog is basically like a bowl of ice cream. 
mm-hmm. in fair. terms of caloric yeah, load. That's that's fair. Um, the other thing to know is that um, once you get midway through the second quart, you're going to be like, oh, I've reached the Nog of Sadness level. Oh, like, no. Nog is a thing where a little bit goes a really long way. And I think that having the the less amount kind of kind of aids its desirability. Now, let like me let me ask, are we talking in one sitting? Oh, God, no, not. No, 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 no. I mean, like, like I'm talking good about for, through the through the season. Do you yeah, mean? through the season. Interesting. Okay. But if you start at like Thanksgiving, usually I start like the 10th of December. So if you start at Thanksgiving, that like two quarts might be the right number. OK, it's it's a very easy like it, it, um, you have to separate the eggs, which is the only hard part. Um, you want to make sure you strain it before you put it in the jars because, like, there's little bits of cooked egg in there usually, yes. and they're gross when you're drinking it. Ugh. Um, but yeah, it's it's not a hard thing to make if you have a sous vide, especially. It's it's yes. really easy. We have we have a hand me down uh, Anova, I think is yeah, the one those we are have. great. We've never used, but it was gifted to us from the, some family member who doesn't use it anymore. It's really nice for canning. I use we use ours all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a handy thing. But like, yeah, that's that's perfect. So, yeah, I highly encourage everybody to make nog. Uh, the one I do is the chef steps recipe. I don't put the rum extract in it or the almond extract, whatever the one, whatever the extract they recommend is, because I like to let people if they want to put bourbon or rum or whatever, they can put their own booze in. And I do. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. OK, ranking time to, time to rank. We're ranking game pads today. Yeah, I don't know. How did that happen? I said, hey, Brad, <laughs> I think we should rank game pads. <laughs> That's pretty much how it happened. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I um. Look, yeah. this is going to be divisive. We I'd should get this probably. out of the way up front. Well, I mean, you instantly just said what your number one was. And I said, that's the bottom of the list. So what did I say? <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Wait, well, well, should we spoil it or? Like, oh, I can make a, a pretty good argument in favor of it. But we let's so let's get through the rules first. I think okay. we should establish the rules. Yes. Last time we ranked something, we ranked. Um, I am even now struggling to define exactly what it was. PC the, upgrades. The top, the top PC upgrades that have made life easier over time. Or something yeah. along those lines. Perfectly well, cromulent uh, list of things to rank. Let me tell you from experience, when you rank things, people prefer for that ranking to be very clearly defined. Look, and, and, if, and if I were doing the PC upgrades again, which maybe we'll do next year, who knows? I would probably spend one episode defining things that fit into the that, that are to be ranked mm-hmm. and then spend the second episode ranking them instead of just kind of having a rambling rank fest was, over two episodes. Yes, it was definitely a rank fest. It got rank in there. <laughs> Very ranky. Um, okay, uh, so we have some we have some criteria here. Okay, we're not going to do things that predate the NES. Like, there's a bunch of interesting, weird controllers in like the Intellivision mm-hmm. 2600 and TI994A era dials and knobs and, and yeah, like cards you slide in with keypads. Yeah, I didn't. The only ones of those I ever used were the Atari 2600 and a TI994A. Yeah, and let's be honest, those those ain't going to rank. Both of them are bad by today's standards. If I was yeah. ranking those. The Atari would be ahead of the TI. Mm, wow. Jeez. Yeah. That's okay. It's just because the TI is always the move right always stopped working. Um, okay. So we're not going to talk about anything before the NES. Uh, we're talking about mainline console controllers. So not third party stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, unless, the third, unless the third party became like the primary de facto controller. Yeah. Which I don't think anything fits which, that category. Yeah, I'm, I can't really even think of an example there. Um, um, and this is it, console only. We're not getting into PC stuff. Look, if we get into PC stuff, if we have, if I have to talk about the space orb here, yes, 
I that that's a whole different episode. Was I that think. the was that the weird the gyroscopic thing with the arms that I no, think we had one the, in the whiskey that's the Novin office. Falcon. Was that the Novin Falcon? Really? The Novin Falcon has become one of the most desirable sex toys on the internet. They what? sell for Wait. an unbelievable amount of money. Last please, time I looked. Please tell me you're joking. I'm not joking. Uh, yes, that is. In fact, I'm looking it up. Don't, that is. Don't Google. Don't Google why Wait, you I have, want that. Dude, I also. have to. What? I'm not going to look okay. up the why. I want to know how much it's worth, though. Um, okay. So we're not going to do any weird third party stuff. So the U-Force and the Power Glove and um all the weird screwball controllers that came on in the ps1 era and all yeah. that yeah. not talking no, about that stuff no no neg con no jog con no gun con we're not talking about all the weird sticks the uh, game, game pads that people released to replace the shitty n64 one either that's not going to come up we're not yeah. getting into it yeah um we're not talking about fight sticks or flight sticks or wheels or dance pads just the multi-purpose controllers we, we are here to just rank apples to apples essentially the packed in controllers with some yeah. exam- some some exceptions like on the PlayStation 1 where they made significant technological yeah. advancements Xbox, over the course yes. the original Xbox yes let's say when analog control came about okay so uh, where you, do you where do you want to do you want to start at what you think is the bottom of the list and work oh our way boy. up should we here or, or should we go chronological like, we, here hey you made a pretty comprehensive list before we even got in here let me how about i just go down the line Okay. And read off what we got here. Okay. <laughs> Should I read all of our, of our notes along with it? No, don't save the, the notes are for, for internal use only. Okay. Okay. So the NES uh, has the gamepad, the NES max and the advantage listed. All first party controls. Yes. The advantage is borderline fight stick. But as you pointed out, no fight games use the stick at that point. This is just a useless piece of minutia. But I want to say the the advantage was definitely Nintendo branded and released and marketed by Nintendo. But I want to say they didn't actually make it. That's right. ASCIiWare made the advantage. Oh, I have my advantage here. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, I, man, I was a we were a Max household. Mm. Everybody I always else wanted the Max. I thought oh, it looked cool. Wait, no. Trust me, you came out ahead. Everybody I knew had the advantage. <laughs> I was very jealous. Um. Okay. So let's see the oh we mm, poor Sega Master System we didn't even mention that one but it's basically just a the worst version of the NES pad does not bear mentioning I'm putting it at the bottom of the list it's a it's a D pad and two face buttons with like no start and select buttons if I remember anyway okay uh, so Super Nintendo Genesis both the three button and six button uh, the Turbo Graphics and PC Engine controller which mm, all right. PlayStation 1, you got the included D-pad controller, the dual analog, and yep. then later the dual shock. Uh, the Saturn six-button pad, the Nintendo 64 controller. Old 3Z there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the Dreamcasts with what you described as the little Tamagotchi thing. Yep. Uh, let's see. Um... The Xbox array of products, including the Duke and the S. I don't um, think they called. I think the original one was technically called the Xbox controller. Yeah, I don't. I, think I think Duke any was, arcade called it the Duke, the, but the I can't Duke, remember. Duke was definitely a term of endearment. I think I still a, call my phone the big phone, the Duke. That's okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. The GameCube, the GameCube controller. Yes. The GameCube controller. Also the WaveBird. Don't forget the WaveBird. Yeah. That was the 
first wireless, man. No, that's no, no, no. It's yeah. definitely it's it's significant, but it's just a GameCube controller, but wireless. Like that's kind of it. But wireless at the time. Trust me. I, I mean, I get it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> big deal. But uh, the PlayStation Two controller, the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty controller, uh, the Wii, the uh, DualShock Three. They called it DualShock Three, right? The PlayStation Three controller. You know, it starts oh, to know. No, they did not. It was the six axis. God, it was a six axis. Yeah, because they didn't I, have the shock for a while in I'm that, right? Writing the word six axis here because it's so dumb. They I, didn't want to pay. They didn't want to pay the IP holder who uh, iMotion or whoever owned the Rumble technology. Is that who it was? Haptic. I think it was iMotion. I'd have to look. I, I feel like I need to hang up my Games Press hat if I couldn't remember the word six axis. Um, let's see. Xbox One, Wii U, which is the giant gamepad. Or should we talk about the pro controller in there? I feel like it's just like a normal it counts. Pretty good gamepad. It counts. Yeah. Uh, the DualShock 4 on the PS4, the Switch, Joy-Cons, and Pro Controller, which I think we can pretty much dismiss out of hand mm-hmm. due to lack of reliability. <laughs> uh, the Xbox Series controllers. Are we sold on that? I think that they're basically like, Xbox One controllers. Sorry, sorry. Let me, let me clarify. The phrase Xbox Series. Like, I've seen that popping up more and more to refer to this kind of family of Xboxes. Look, man, it's either that or the fourth generation Xbox. Because, like, what else am I... Like, yeah. their naming scheme is so... It's not great. Look, I have to say, shipping on Xbox One, Xbox One S, Xbox One X, Xbox Series S, and Xbox Series X all the damn time. I'm tired of it. Wow. I've had That's, enough Microsoft. That is a lot. <laughs> Get it together, man. That is a lot. Uh, would you believe that uh, on Halo Infinite launch day, the entire week of Halo Infinite's launch, I will be in a location with only a 2013 launch model Xbox One at my disposal. That's a perfect machine to play. So, <laughs> Do you want to borrow my Xbox S to take with you? That's uh, wow. That's actually very generous. I probably no. I don't want to damage it. It's tiny, dude. It's like it's like smaller. It's like that circle is the size of a CD. Is it, wait? Are you bitsy. serious? I've never seen I've never seen an Xbox Series S in person. Hold on. Like or even on. Well, I guess I've seen somebody hold one up to a webcam okay. before. So that's oh what oh man on. it's keying out. <laughs> it's going very cyber. This is it next to my it, head. It's completely disappearing from view. Is that Nvidia trying to? Nvidia is jacking me up. Remove remove competing products from your webcam. Some real compelling. Here we go. There it is. So like I was trying to put it up really close so it looked Ooh. huge. But it's like it's like it's that's a bit, pretty, it's, that's pretty it's damn really small. small. That's pretty damn small. Uh, yeah, it would fit in your bag. That's Easy. very that's very generous of you. I I will consider it, but I would okay. hate for something to happen to it. Oh, well, I mean, it's actually, I I was also thinking about trying to take my mister on that trip. What do you think? I think that's a good call. That that's a fun so? family activity. Oh no no no! Like for that, totally. I want to. My cousin would love it. My dad would love it. Yeah. But like, I'm talking. It's not in a case exactly. There are some like pretty visible PCBs. I just put my carry on. I'm, I mean, that was, yeah, I was definitely planning to do that. I just, I don't know how TSA is about like exposed circuit boards I've, these days. It's probably fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, uh, take a, take a ship shipping envelope, shipping label printed so you can chuck it in a FedEx box if you have to. Yeah. Anyway. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Xbox series controllers and yep. the dual sense. Do we, For, do we feel like the Xbox series controller is distinct enough from the Xbox One controller to consider yeah, it a separate controller. I think this yeah. is the first point of contention. It is a really minor incremental upgrade, well, but it is an upgrade. I mean, it's mostly are, okay. in the it's mostly in the feel and the kind of 
it's matte. The triggers are matte. Yes. It's like that. I love the texture on those triggers, though. It, it's like, very good. It, is a, it feels like the same triggers, just different texture. I've got one. I've got one right here and I'm yeah touching I'm that texture right now. And it's very. I know pleasing. it feels really nice. OK. So, OK. It's so very, I, very I, pleasing I on the I, fingertip. I don't like the D-pad on that thing. A, OK. I'm going to stop talking about this finish. Yeah. OK. Um, so I'm going to make a numbered list below the thing now. OK. And we're going to start putting controllers on from worst. I think we can put Sega Master System down toward the bottom, right? Yes. Well, we should say this is like a top 10, right? Are we going to just do a top 10? Let's do a top 10. Okay. Everything that's probably else a smarter choice. Everything that doesn't make the cut will be banished to the dustbin of history. Oh, man. Um, okay. I feel like Dual Sense is definitely on the list. Probably. If this, if it was like quite literally a year ago when the PlayStation five had been out for like all of what a day, when did the thing come out last year? Right around now, a year ago, if it was a year ago, I would be like, absolutely. That thing is like near the top, but what is it? Is it not aging well for the, you? The reliability issues are a real black mark on that thing. I think, oh, man, I really like, I really uh, like mine, I, but I also don't play that many gamepad games these and days. And I'm so. starting to feel, and I think I'm not alone in this. I'm starting to feel some pretty significant resistive uh, trigger fatigue. It's, it's hard like, on my hands. Yes. Like that's kind of part of what it is, is like, it kind of isn't always very comfortable to have to fight against that thing a lot. And in well, some cases, in some cases I feel like it gets in the way, like a lot of shooters are using it now. And in a lot of cases it feels like I kind of wish it wasn't there. So the thing that I did with that controller specifically is I, I, my initial reaction when I set it up was set it to 100% maximum strength all the mm -hmm. time, because that's what you always do. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want any 40% rumble. I want a hundred percent. I'd go a hundred percent rumble if they let me. Of course. I think that was a mistake. I turned mm. it down to about 70% much better. So were those controls in there at launch? Well, I guess you didn't have one at launch. I didn't. I don't have a. I don't. I don't remember the option to to lessen that effect being in there at launch, but maybe it was. It was part of the setup process when I got my PS5. It was like, okay. hey, well, try this and see what you think. Yeah, it's it's very possible it was always in there and I just didn't notice it. But I think I need to do that too because I think that's that feature was way cooler on paper. Like Astro's Playroom was an amazing demo for that technology. Well. Like but I really like it in racing games and stuff like that. I like, I like feeling the slide a little bit. It feels good. Sure. Yeah, it, I can see that. It's, I think it's mostly first person shooters for me. I just have not used it very well. Like, it, I, like, yeah, like having to fight to good aim down sights, like to push harder than you want, like not a good feeling. I, I turned it down when I was playing ratchet just because like, it was nice to have the feedback to let me know which gun I had without even really have to, having to look. But yeah, I turned it down because my fingers were getting tired and I was starting to get like, like it was like almost RSI type pains in my, right. in my wrists yeah. where the tendons that pull the fingers in were, were, were getting stressed. I, I, okay. I think dual sense is probably a top 10. It's maybe not like near the top. Like I would have said at one time, I, I think, okay, we can, we can work on that, but I feel like the resistive triggers, like, I feel like the fact that we maybe set them too high, maybe they defaulted too high. Mm. I it is a cool technology, man. I think it's, I think it's more impactful than anything since the first rumble controllers, probably in terms yeah, of like, I, I, sure. Yes. But overall. Making, yeah. Overall, the tech in that thing is quite impressive, but there is something to be said for the out of box experience being less than ideal or. Well, ideal, you know what yeah, I mean? I mean, yeah, I like, guess like if, if it's cool on paper, but then actually using it in the way that they default to is not great. That's, you know, fair. Okay. Well, okay. So that, so that's we have one on the list on maybe. that list. Yes. We'll see. Like, I, I don't know if you actually read this out, but at the top underground rules, you had you wrote, we are interested in both the hardware itself 
and the innovations, both in terms of dead ends and stuff that carry forward. So like, like, you know, this, this wouldn't be a tech pod list if we weren't like, especially interested or obsessive about things like analog and rumble and, you know, like the, the the tech, the, the mechanics that are inside there. So let's talk about the N64 controller then. Oh boy. I guess we were going to have to get around to it sooner or later. It's it's a forward-looking choice, right? Nintendo, as they often do, innovative innovated in terms of input. They yes. put a tiny little joystick on that controller. It was in the wrong place, and it was a bad joystick, but it was there. Yeah. Uh, it was on a console that had four ports, so you could play with four people at the same time on the same mm-hmm. machine without any weird $50 accessory. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had a add-on pack that you could put a memory card or a rumble pack in. It's true. That was cool. Yes. yes. Sorry. I'm. I, give me two seconds here. I. I want to praise the innovative nature of that analog control, but I want to make sure that something weird didn't happen, like the dual analog on the PlayStation actually came out first. No, I believe that the dual analog was a response to the N64 that's, controller. See, that's so. That's exactly my thought, or like that was my gut reaction when I thought about yeah. this. But it's then, good. To, it's good to fact check. But then, but then, like this, for some reason, this struck me as one of those situations where, like, oh, I might actually. To be be embarrassed to find out that the dual analog came out first. Um, no, okay. Dual analog came out April 1997, so that was like the that better was a part, full year, better part of a year after the Nintendo 64. Yeah. Uh, well, and it was after the Nintendo 64's US release, which US was like release, January so 20s. So it's have, a year and a half after may have, may have been, been yeah, well more than a year. Uh, yeah. Slow follow is what we call that. Yes. Um, like honestly, in my mind, like that is the first example of Nintendo doing what Nintendo went on to do with every damn piece of hardware from then on. Right. Which was like plucking some weird, obscure technology that was not really used in games and, and making their console based on it. Well, I mean, there's like, a gamepad. There's, there's, there's the GameCube. That was, that was cube. Sure. I mean, it, it's shaped like a lunchbox. Like yeah. it's, it's got a handle on it. It did have handles, I guess, the handle, with the, the obscure was, technology. The handle was wildly innovative, <laughs> underappreciated in its time. But I mean, like analog say, oh, yeah, okay, look, Super Nintendo controller, just a better Nintendo controller. As much as the Super Nintendo is the best console ever made, like and, mm, it's just a I, better. Hang on, I'm going, okay, going somewhere okay. with this. Yeah, we'll yeah, get back go, to this. Go, go. So, do your, see, do your Super, talk. Super Nintendo controller might definitely rank here. Uh, but like analog stick, like nobody was doing analog at the time. Yeah. Right? Like, He's like, what are you going to do with the analog stick? You playing uh, flight sims? And then like, you know, less than a decade later, the DS came out and like nobody was doing touchscreens at the time at the time. But we're Nintendo, not talking about mobile stuff today. No, Brad. no, no. I know. I'm just saying as a general trend or design yeah, yeah, philosophy, yeah. like first it was analog and rumble. I'd, I'd have to check. Did they do rumble before the tool shock on the PlayStation? I'm not sure. That's a that's an important question. I'll have to look. But so, you know, first it was analog. Then it was touchscreens with the DS. Then it was motion with the Wii. Yeah. Uh, then like the switch kind of back and forth hybrid console, like the, you know, that yeah. the, 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 this is actually making me realize that the analog stick on the N64 was the very first kind of prototypical example of them, you know, yeah. taking, taking some tech that nobody else was using and kind of building the whole console's identity around it. Well, and, and it opened up like without that analog stick, 3d platformers wouldn't have worked. Right. Like, right. like you think about all of like 3d platformers defined that entire generation for in large large amount and like racing games like think of how much better a racing game like try and go back and play mario kart on the snes now and it's really hard to do because it's hard to control a racing game with a d-pad after you've after you've tasted the forbidden fruit of the yeah. analog stick 
You're not wrong. It's still the best Mario Kart, though. Okay, now that's <laughs> like the ranking of Mario Karts is next year. Okay, we outside. Can't, we can't, yeah, don't, outside don't, of this don't, podcast purview. You, you can't bait me like that. That's not okay. Um, so I'm yeah. gonna put the N64 on here above the Dual Sense for right now. I mean, put it on there. I don't know. I'm torn between the fact that it was wildly innovative for its time and also a terrible controller. It was expansive. It was expandable. Like, you could add new I, functionality I, to yeah. it using an external bus. Hang on. God, would, would I guess you would call that a bus, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, anything is a bus if you. I wonder if there's like weird hardware stuff you can plug into those controllers now. You think you can get like uh-huh. a like a thing that'll root the N64, dump your cartridges on there? Oh, that's hang on. Nintendo 64. How would you describe that controller slot? Controller. Yeah. yeah. Feature connector. I would love to know if there's weird stuff. Well, how about I head to Quora here and check out oh, the yeah. answers to this question. What goes in the back of a 64 controller? Do you have any thoughts on Quora? I'm up and down on it. Yeah, same. You know, um, one, of the, one of the founders of Flickr made Quora. Oh, really? I did not know Katarina that. Katarina Fake. She's huh. very smart. I think Quora's Quora, like Yahoo Answers, is occasionally useful, but somewhat yeah. fraught. Yeah, yes. It's, it's chock full of garbage, but occasionally you'll find some really interesting stuff on there. Yeah. I found, you know, I, I will throw this out there. I found uh, there is a guy who is a low level bureaucrat at the tail end of the Soviet Union who okay. answers a shitload of questions on there about the Soviet <laughs> Union. Perfect. And it's fascinating. Like, it's legitimately fascinating. Oh, it's boy. Like, it's like the one really interesting thing I found on Quora. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so, so I let's look. I think we got to move on. We're, we yes, are, sorry. We are, this is going to be a this, three episode arc. This always at this happens point. when we rank. Yeah. Um, okay. What do you want to pick one? I'm trying to, I'm okay. Let's very quickly go through here. Uh, I think we can cut the switch pro controller and joy cons. They both have reliability issues and there's really nothing that unique about either one of them. hundred percent. I like, couldn't agree. Like I've switched so many joy con sticks at this yeah, point. I mean, that alone, never, yeah. That no alone things. is just, just hugely disqualifying. And the D pad is awful on that pro controller. Well, the D-pad's uh, awful. Like, there is no D-pad on the Joy-Cons, and so many of their games require D-pads to work yeah, right. Yeah, it's that you're so, right. Yeah. You're right. Yes, that's the fuck switch controls. Uh, I am going to... Are you going to exit out? You're going to strike employ, through? Employ my advanced Google Docs uh, keyboard shortcut knowledge oh, and man. strike okay. it through. See you in hell, Switch Pro Controller. Uh, okay. Does have USB-C, though? That was nice. Yeah, I guess so. Shout out sure. to USB-C. Sure. Do we uh, do we want to talk about like conceptually whether we like controllers with replaceable batteries like like the Xbox controller or integrated batteries that you have to plug in and charge? I think I'm trying to think this through, make sure I can commit to this. I think integrated battery that cannot be replaced is a is a significant uh, negative. I I tend like to agree. I'm trying. I'm sitting here racking my brain trying to think like is there any real upside to they I mean, should you be know, user I, replaceable. I guess the upside is you don't have to keep buying batteries or even keep up with rechargeables. Like it's just right there and you just plug it in. But and I don't rechargeables th- are so easy though. Yeah. Right. I don't like, I don't think that I don't think that offsets the downside of like for one thing, the battery life tends to be awful in those things. I think the dual sense is better than the dual shock fours. Those first gen dual shocks were terrible. I don't, I don't think that I, I found the dual sense to be also pretty bad. Yeah. I have actually, you know what? I have seen people say that turning down things like the controller, I mean the trigger mm-hmm. stuff, makes makes sense. Battery life, which totally yeah. makes sense. So I should try that. Um, okay. 
I, right. I'm with you on this. I think replaceable, like easily replaceable batteries, much better than a built-in battery that you have to like unscrew stuff to replace when it conks out after three years. Yes, absolutely. Um, also, you have to like buy aftermarket batteries from eBay and hope they work because it's not like Sony's out there selling official replacements or anything. Yep. And you have to usually need some sort of weird screwdriver too. Yeah. So. Um, how about this? I'm going to say the entirety of the PlayStation controller lineup exists on the same continuum. Hmm. And there's no sense including all of it or even really any of it except for one. <laughs> like we just need to pick the best one and go with it. Right. I, look, I, I, I'll go a step further than that and say that everything. Okay. So talk, we should talk about like the six axis added motion controls at the same time as the yeah. Wii. They were pretty good. I, I don't think, think the, they had a gyro. The six axis is the worst Sony controller on this list by a mile. Yeah, I, I'm going to say anything with convex triggers. Oh, that should oh, just be immediately so disqualified. Oh my God. I didn't even, you know, I hadn't even thought about the triggers being awful on that thing, but they are in fact awful. Yeah. Um, it, it didn't have analog trigger. Was it one of the consoles in that generation? Was it the Wii that didn't the pro the Wii pro controller didn't have? Yes. The Wii, the Wii's shoulder buttons and triggers are all not, digital. They're all that's, digital. Yes. yes. That's so that we should mix the, that one too. Probably, probably oh, anyway. there, there are kind of a lot of people out there that really like the Wii U pro controller as a PC controller though. Uh, mm, that's an interesting choice, but I guess, yeah, you're right. I think the Wii U pro controller does not rate here. Six axis definitely does not because they use the motion controls poorly by and large. Yeah. Uh, and it dropped rumble for business reasons, not for any like good user facing reasons. Cause immersion had the patent and, uh, yes. they didn't want to pay immersion. Yes. Uh, and that thing felt like incredibly cheap and flimsy and like too light because it emitted the rumble. Like it just felt like it was going to break in half every time you used it. Well, so. then midway through like my, my, my PS three, my PS yeah, my, my PS3 is the Metal Gear one, and it came with a DualShock 3. Yes, yes. Yeah, so. Do you know, actually, I, we probably have to dig into some history to figure this out, but they're the only ones that dropped Rumble. I'm trying to figure out, like, everybody else was still shipping force feedback in their controllers. Everybody else ponied up. Oh, oh, they literally just paid the fee? You just paid the, That's it? You paid the license Wait, the patent, yeah. Was it really that bad then? <laughs> well, like, look, Logitech... Sony just cheaping out then? Well, I think Logitech... I think what happened... What may have happened is that Sony didn't have the agreement, like... I feel like immersion got bought by Logitech at some point in there. Okay. Remember Logitech made those force feedback mice for a little bit. Yes. And, or, or rumble mice, whatever they weren't force feedback, really rumble mice, <laughs> but they, uh, they, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal. I don't know what the business arrangement was at some point. Sony was like, we're not going to pay your, your, your blood money anymore. Immersion. And then they shipped a con, con control console with a controller that everybody hated and had to make a new controller like a year or two years. Yeah, later, that just makes it even worse if they just yeah. like a company the size of Sony just didn't want to pony up. Yeah, so then everybody had a garbage controller. Um, you know, the the one thing we should shout out for that Xbox 360 PS3 Wii generation is that's when everything went wireless. Like wireless yes. is a big deal. Right. So like when you said like the Wavebird was a big deal and I kind of minimized it like in retrospect. Well known bias, I know. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's a GameCube controller, which makes it terrible by default. But. I'm not taking this bait yet. I'm saving uh, it for later. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like that, that's why it was a big deal. Obviously at the time, like wireless controllers at the time, I remember Ryan like fucking evangelized the wave verb nonstop. Like he would, he would never stop talking about how good the wave bird was. That was a man who did not like to be bound by cords. No, nobody likes cords. It turns but, but everybody was skeptical when, the, when Microsoft brought the Xbox 360 around and we're like, Hey, look, man, 
Remember wires? You don't need them anymore. Oh, no, everybody was like, you're out of your mind. I'm going to buy a wireless controller with my Xbox 360 pre-order. And I right. did. I have a wireless 360, a wired 360 controller oh, still. Right. Yes. Because I bought one that has the wire ground into the yep. thing. Yep. I've got one too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was a huge, huge innovation. So let's see. I, I think, I think, okay. I didn't spend any time with the PS one controller. I think it was probably bad just on assumption of what analog the, sticks were like in the nineties. Oh, did you mean the pre analog or like I didn't, the, I, I had really had, I've spent maybe 15 minutes playing PS one games in my entire life. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. I, I didn't oh, play them until most of the stuff that I played that was a PS one. I played in back compat mode on a PS two. Jeez. Or are, are you just going to go ham when the Mr. PlayStation Dude, 4 comes out. That's like I've been whole, waiting for so long Dude, to play some of those old games. That is a lot of fucking. They made so many PlayStation 1 games. Yeah. They're, yeah I mean, it's like it's like a SNES sized library that I've never touched. Basically, grant, granted, most of them will abrade your eyeballs when you look at them these days because of those god awful swimmy vertices on the polygons and lack of perspective correction on the texture maps. It's really a mess. But when I was playing Inscription, when I'm playing Inscription and it's in that first act, I have no I have no memory. I have no like nostalgia for that kind of graphics era. See, inscription is a good version of that, though. Like when you see the real, the genuine article, I don't know. There are look, some games just, mm, I don't know. Some, some people a, find it charming. I do not. It'll be a voyage of discovery for me. Uh, I actually saw the, the the guy who has picked up development on the PlayStation Core and the Mister. He didn't mm-hmm. start it. Uh, some other people did. And there was some drama and they abandoned it. And then uh, he came and picked it up and is just like tearing through it. But. I saw him responding to some people on Twitter. He is going to look into adding toggles to fix the perspective correction on that stuff. He said said he's not sure there's room on the FPGA to pull it off, but he's going to try. That would be awesome. Like having the option would be fantastic. Anyway, um, I I think, yeah, the the, the D-pad only PlayStation 1 controller is just a SNES controller. Like it's not even worth talking about. Doesn't have prongs, though. Well, yes, I don't. I mean, not not literally, but like in terms of button layout and configuration, yeah, yeah. it's exactly a SNES controller. It only had one. They only had one set of triggers, right? They didn't have bumpers and triggers on that. Oh wait, God! Now you're making me second guess myself. Uh, oh no, I'm really gonna have to turn in my hat. I have to. I, I thought to, it had bumpers and triggers, right? God, you might be right. You may very well be right. You're welcome. None of these photos, I mean, none of them show the top of the controller. Yes, it did. You're right. It did have four shoulder buttons, not two. It's not that just was a big innovation. Yes. Hey, gamers, we're making the controls even more complicated. So your mm. mom really can't play games with you anymore. I mean, the whole PlayStation thing, like I said, it's like it's also iterative. It's just each one is like slightly better than the last one, but they're all like kind of the same controller. Was the DualShock the first one that had two sticks? No, the dual analog had two analog sticks. Yeah, the dual analog had two but, sticks. But no rumble. So it shipped with literally they made a controller called the dual analog that just had two sticks on it. And then the dual shock was a PS2 the, controller? No, no, no. The dual shock was also a PlayStation 1 controller that was just the dual analog what? with with force feedback. They did three controllers for the sure PlayStation did. 1? They sure did. Did the old did the new controllers work with all the old games or did you have to play keep all the controllers around? No, no, no. They the absolutely. They, you know, the new controllers were okay. a superset of the functionality. Okay. So yeah, they absolutely. In fact, you could toggle off the analog sticks on uh the later add-on analog controllers. I forget why. Huh. They have a toggle button on the front that lets you turn off the analog. I forget what the point Weird. of that was. I, um, I feel like the two analog sticks is a big deal. It is. Yeah, you know, actually when you put it that way, like that really did kind of define what modern analog, like, like as much as the N64 was the thing that introduced analog controls, 
Yeah. Having, having two sticks is what really made it usable and practical and kind of defined what controllers would do with it from then on. So then do we put the dual analog on here? Oh, man. I, that seems I like a bad controller. I can't get behind that just because, yeah, it's like not great <laughs> from a functionality standpoint. Well, we've cut a lot of stuff. We only have two things on the list right now. Right now, we have the N64 controller as number one and the PS5's DualSense as number two. Yeah, and I have reservations about both of those. And and we have 10 slots. Yeah. Maybe we should just do top. Well, we can figure that one. Yeah, that was, I, was, I was attempting to cut all of the PlayStation stuff besides the DualSense, I think. But I, I mean... I actually like the DualShock 4 too. I think the DualShock 4 I, added touch in a way that was meaningful. I well and like it 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 took a long time for people like like all good weird additions to the to the to the space. It it took developers a while to figure out what to do with it, but like the modern implementation of like hey, this is two virtual buttons where you have like I, an extra start and select button basically. So, so I am I am with you from the tech perspective like it was kind of a genius idea to put that in there, but I don't think developers ever really got there. Like, I mean, it, but like, I think, I think they could have, most of them could have done so much more with that thing. Yeah. And it, it was unfortunate because it was actually a good, t- like, it's, unlike it's the bad. DS touchscreen and the Wii U touchscreens, which were both shitty resistive screens. Like it was a pretty good touch. Like it was pretty, pretty nimble. I think it's, it's multi-touch, right? Yeah. You can, um, you can pinch. In, in my mind, I'm trying to think if there's anything else, like the Witcher three on the PS4 is the gold standard for that thing because mm, the, they use gestures. They use yeah, gestures as, as UI shortcuts. A lot of the UB, I feel like the, some of the UB stuff does that too. Okay. Like I played, I played um, one of the Assassin's Creed's with a DualShock Four, and like you swipe right to open it, but like oh, basically yeah, yeah. It gives you quick, it gives you quick hits. I feel I could be wrong. I I definitely played a UB game that gave you quick links like into the menus, so you could go like one way would go to map, one way would go to yes, inventory, one way would go to skill tree. Stuff that's like exactly that. what Witcher Three does: is like swipe up to go to map, swipe right to go to spells, inventory, whatever. Yeah. So many games just use that touchpad as a glorified single on-off button. Like, that's such a bummer. I'm I'm fine with that. The better implementation is to give me two buttons. Like, like put the two most common things in in that slot. Yeah, if you treat it as like you said, like a left-right button, that's not. Yeah, that's the minimum they should be doing. But I'm with you. I really, I actually really like the shape of the DualShock Four as well. It it is the most comfortable. Like it was my favorite controller of that generation. Battery, especially the V two one with the with the stripe on the pad. Yes. Once they got the battery, that like that helped the battery life a lot. Yeah. And like I've worn two of those out. I use them so much. I'm sitting here. The triggers are kind of weak on this thing. Like they're the triggers remain a bit flimsy on a DualShock Four. Yeah, but but Brad, look at this one. It's translucent. Uh, oh wait, <laughs> don't get me started. I mean, a good translucent controller sti- like this is this is maybe the only low, low stick controller I've ever really liked. Like I mean, I like the dual sense a lot, but like it it feels real good in the ha- like it's got you, a nice hand feel. What do you mean by low stick? Like literally just the height? No, no, no. So like the Xbox is a high low, right? So the right side stick is high. The left stick is high and the right stick is low. Wait, are you about to completely blow my mind? Have I well, never no, no. noticed this before? No, look, the PlayStation oh, oh, controller you're talking has about the placement, the, the placement. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought you meant literally the height of the sticks. Oh, yeah. The Xbox sticks are always higher, too. Yes, yeah, so you're right about that. I thought yeah, I thought you were saying that one of the sticks was higher than the other on the Xbox. No, no. no. Well, I mean, you can do that on the elite controller, which we should be, I want to talk about, too, I guess. I don't know. I I um, I don't know. I like the DualShock 4. I think it's a good controller. I do, too. I could. You know what? I could maybe see the DualShock 4 and the DualSense ranking but i'm gonna say everything before that eh. 
I, I'm okay. I'm fine cutting. I'm fine cutting the PlayStation One stuff because I just don't have any experience with it. Like, like whenever you're ranking stuff that is across such a long period of history, you have to balance like, okay, like how important was this historically versus how good is it in a modern context, right? Yeah. Like, or even how how good was it at the time? You know, like again, I think it's like wildly innovative that the N64 had the analog stick. Also, I think it's a terrible controller. It is a bad controller. I like, like so. I I. Look, I think I, I can make an argument that probably the dual analog sticks didn't actually get good until the GameCube, probably the best controller of all time. Oh, God, what are you? Wait, that wasn't that doesn't even count as dual analog. That's the C it's stick. Is, the C stick is not a stick. It's a, it's I a I stick. I don't care what they call it. It's a little tiny joystick. It's all you stick. need to steer your camera. That does not count as a joystick. The C is for it's camera. It's like a thumb nub. It's okay. like, anyway, it's literally the tracking device from a, like a mid 2000s Lenovo laptop. That's what that thing is. <laughs> okay. They, they put a tracking nub on a controller is, and called look, it an analog stick. If you would like bullshit. to see a nub, I can get out my new DS. Uh, is it the new DS or was it the new 3DS that had the tracking? Uh, the, nub? The, new, the new 3DS had the little yeah. tracking disc nub thing. Ugh. Um, um Okay, if you think having, if you think that the, like, the question is, is the first dual analog or, I mean, I feel like the N64 is on. I think the N64 probably had the first rumble. I kind of don't care about rumble in the great scheme of things, I think. Like, it's good to have. It's nice. I I think you're right. Like, it's one of those, I mean, it's like with the six axis, it's one of those things that I miss it when it's not there, but I don't really notice it when it is. Yeah. I so. look, I, I never usually my it, only interaction with six axis in a game was to turn it off. Sure. If, it, if that was possible. Yeah. And if it wasn't possible, it was probably to not play that game. Like, like good, good force feedback is a nice add on. Yeah. Like again, like it's kind of a bummer when it's not there, but like for the most part, it's pretty easy to ignore, but, except for yeah. until you get into like the dual sense where like the, the haptics are good enough that it's like, Oh, this is, this is noticeable. I'm actually paying attention to this as it happens. Well, and, and I think I would make an argument that the, that the rumble stuff probably wasn't good enough to be worth mentioning until we got to the point in like the, probably the 360 and PS2 generation where they had like different size motor, like different yes. size weights on the motors and you had more granularity in both intensity and like the, the patterns. Yes. I'm with you on that. So with that said, I would say we strike all of the PlayStation one controllers from this done. I think you can get rid of PS2 too. Like the, the dual analog again, putting two sticks on there was a big deal for what came later, but the controller itself kind of whatever. Sorry, what were you saying? Uh, I think we can kill people. Well, PS2 introduced analog face buttons, but ah. I don't, I don't <laughs> think I ever played anything that used them. That is not a vote in its favor. Because <laughs> like those things are kind of like a joke of the controller world, I think. I mean, nobody look, ever used them for anything. It was really important to have them for three mini games in Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball, uh, clearly the defining game of the generation. Um, I think you can get rid of the PS2. Too. I mean, if you Google like PS2 pressure sensitive buttons, like you come up with things like 10 older PlayStation games that actually use the pressure sensitive buttons. Like it's literally that. Were any, any good? What are the 10 games? The Bouncer. Uh, of course. Other Grand Theft Auto games did, apparently. Which I didn't know. What do they do with it? Probably you could run faster if you tapped harder. Oh, uh, when driving. Oh, that makes sense. You could actually vary your speed by how. Yeah, uh, that was. I'm sure that worked great. Okami. 
Gran Turismo, Silent Hill. I was going to say MGS2, I thought did, and it does, in fact. Well, Okami was a PS2 game. Holy cow, they've re-released that yes, game a lot over that, the years. That game has come out a lot. That's that, you know, those, the, those that impressionistic kind of painterly art style really, yeah. really get some mileage out of that over time. That yeah, it's a good game. Uh, yeah, I, the PS2 controller especially yeah, does not belong here. Put it in the trash. Okay. Let's talk about the Dreamcast for a minute. Poor Dreamcast. Like it's it's really one of the all time worst controllers. I think. I think so. I I don't necessarily disagree. It's it looks like it should be less comfortable than it is in practice. Why did the cord come out of the bottom? Can you think of a design or technical reason for the cord to have to come out of the bottom? I mean, maybe they thought people were going to use it in the southern hemisphere and they'd all be upside down. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Like. like there are just people in Australia were going to flush that thing down the toilet. Yeah. Um, and have it go it, the other way. It did have the VMU slot. I was, I was just about it to had say two that slots. The, the VMU slots were at the top of whatever PCB was in there. So maybe they kind of had to do it that way. It could have been um, um, the 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 I remember the force feedback stuff in that the, the rumble was pretty good in that, but it wasn't as good as the later the things that later came later. Yeah. Um, the VMU was the the. The visual memory unit, I believe, was what that stood for. That I never the, used it for any of the games. I, like I it didn't. I never. None of the it. games I played used it. Yeah, I never, I never used it beyond my Chow Garden and Sonic Adventure. I mean, like the you know calling plays in football games was like the kind of stereotypical, like oh your friends won't be able to see what play you're about to run. Yeah, but I don't know if anybody ever actually used it for that stuff. Also, it turned, yeah, it was yeah, just but, easier to obscure your choice by like pushing six buttons instead yeah, of one. Like the, that was a, it was a kind of an interesting idea that super did not pan out. I, the one thing I will give the Dreamcast controller is that somehow it ended up defining the standard face button lettering arrangement. Oh, it's responsible the, for for the, for the, taking that away from Nintendo. Yes, Nintendo's was the opposite. B, A and X, Y were reversed or, you know. Wow. They were how Nintendo had them, and then the Dreamcast came along and flipped them. And then the Xbox adopted the Dreamcast layout, and now that's kind of the standard. Was The Genesis was ABC left to right, right? Uh, I want to say the original Genesis 3 button was 1, 2, 3. And I have a... I think they were numbered. I have one of those. Which, like, I would have a whole conversation about the lettering and numbering on controller buttons. I have one of those one of those eight bit Doe Genesis pads here somewhere. I don't know. It might might be in the living room. Am I out of my mind? Maybe I could have sworn those buttons were numbered, but I'm not seeing. Oh, I think they were ABC actually. Oh no, you're right. the The six pad was ABC XYZ, yes. and the original pad was one two three. I bet. Um, the ones I'm finding photos of say ABC on the three button pad. Okay, but. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the Turbo Graphics where they were button one and two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, we can just remove the Turbo Graphics pad. Yeah, you can get right rid of the Turbo Graphics. That is an awful controller. Like it's not, it's not great. Also, I think the f- fact that that console shipped with one controller port and you had to buy an add-on to plug in more than one is just like criminal. It's an like, audio how, podcast, so you can't do, see me shooting the bird <laughs> at the Turbo Graphics, like, but I am. How did how did people not go to jail over that? Uh, you had a Turbo Graphics, right? I yeah, like I I. I bought mine when it was on clearance after it had basically died. I bought oh, a lot okay. of consoles that way back then. I think I got it and some yeah. games for like 50 bucks. Uh, I think Sega Master System gets a cut because it's just a bad yeah, knockoff of the NES gamepad. Yes, exactly. I, I got a hot take here. I think the NES gamepad is bad, too. Uh, I don't think it's amazing. I think it has a pretty good D-pad, but the ergonomics are so noteworthily, spectacularly bad with those, the square corners. Those 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 hard, sharp corners, when I go back to it these days, are like <sighs> kind of difficult to figure out how they shipped it that way. 
I remember seeing those and thinking and and like when when they re-released all the NES games and resold the controllers, it's like, why is anybody buying? Don't buy these. Buy something good instead. Buy something that's not going to hurt you. Yeah. I mean, the Max, to, to its credit, the Max was like kind of nice and ergonomically rounded. It had prongs. Uh, did it? Oh, you're right. Yeah. It, yeah. Little ones, baby prongs. What, how, what was the pad under the circle thing? Was it like a D-pad thing, under there? Was it no, an analog input? That, that, that thing made no sense, dude. I, to this day, I owned a Max and j- I can't tell you what it was supposed to be. Like the the black ring around the red kind of slidey disc thing. Yeah. Could, you could depress that and it was a D-pad. Like it detected, the, car- it detected the cardinal directions. And that's all I ever did with it was just press the ring to make it act like a D-pad. Oh man, like, I had no idea. Like I don't even know what the point of the disc even was. What if the what if the disc was the first analog controller and we just didn't know? It really did not make a lot of sense. It did have turbo, but you know, so did the advantage. I had the advantage. Yeah, like I said, I knew multiple people that did, and I was very jealous. It it was awesome for like uh, top down, like nineteen forty two and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like top down shmups kind of yeah. situations because you had sure. the turbo buttons. Um, wasn't great for everything else. Yeah, I don't know if I can see any of the NES controllers making it on here. Cut them. Honestly. Send them away. I, you know, I mean, and again, it's one of those things where like there is historical value there in terms of what got adopted and used later. I mean, I guess the NES did bring the good D-pad like that. That became the de facto for a long time. It did. But if we're going to recognize a Nintendo controller of that era, it's absolutely the Super Nintendo one. I, I tend to agree. Like a thousand percent. In fact, I'm just going to say we should put the Super Nintendo controller on this list. Done and done. You, okay, so now here's the, here. Do we want to just put on the list and then rate them later or? Oh, uh, yeah, let's just slap them on there. Okay. Just just we have to resist the temptation of like ending up with a list of 10 at the end and then having somebody just go like, this is the list, right? This looks pretty good. Like, hey, let's just run like, with it the way it is. There's no Alex Navarro's here. Yeah. Shots fired. Um, hmm. All right. I think we can strike the Dreamcast. We definitely can. Yeah. Dream, Dreamcast is bad. It's our bad controller. It's like I... I Special place in my heart for the Dreamcast, but no. I think the Xbox 360 pad is on this list. Oh. Even with the bad D-pad. Dude, mm, you're probably right. I'm going to tell you why it is. It's not because of anything to do with the Xbox 360. It's because it became the de facto gamepad for Windows, for PC games. Yeah, you know. Okay. This is maybe expanding the scope of this this list a little bit. But if you're going to roll in the like X input support in Windows, the fact that it just kind of plugged in and worked for everything on a PC. Yep. Then I 100% get behind this. Microsoft swung their DirectX, like, their DirectX weight around and said, hey, you can use a gamepad on the PC and you didn't have to bind anything. It just worked. Like, it's so easy for developers to implement for the last 15 years. We like don't I, even think about it anymore. I forgot, actually, what a big deal that was back, say, what was that, a year or two after the 360 came out? Probably when that support really started rolling out. So Microsoft started pitching it to press in like 2003 before the Xbox Wait. 360 was even out. Really? Yeah. They were talking uh, to you. They about were talking. Like- they talked. I, I had a meeting before the 360. Maybe it was announced about bringing uh, a unified controller standard to PC. I was like, good luck with that, man. And then they did it. <laughs> wow. So were they, were they pitching it as like this will be part of our upcoming console or were they no, saying they did like- not? Nope. Really? They were like, this is going to be part of DirectX going forward. Oh, wow. We're going to make it, make, it, make it part of this whole initiative. They didn't say games for Windows then because that's also that came around the same time. Dude, I, I it, mean, uh, yeah, man, I remember yeah. what a massive deal that was. They're like, oh, my God, I can take this console controller 
that I mm-hmm. already own and just plug it into my PC and like games just work with it. Like what? Well, and then in a real stroke of genius for 40 bucks, they would sell you a dongle you could plug into the PC and your wireless controller would just walk from one room into the other. Yep. It's very I, good. I, I bought that thing as fast as I could. Um, okay. You're right. I, I mean, I despise the D pad on the Xbox 360. Oh, it's an all time worse. It's uh, awful. But, but I was even going to say like, a, in some ways, the 360 has kind of defined the modern controller. I think so, yeah. B, it being the first mass market packed in wireless controller, like packed in, I guess that's actually the real distinction there is the fact that it was the literal included controller was a wireless controller. Like that alone is is a huge deal. Oh, right. Because it was a year before the PS3. I forgot they yes. released the 360 yes. so early. We Yeah, remember they like they killed the original Xbox, like <laughs> kind of took the original Xbox out behind the barn. Yeah, uh, well, it was losing a lot of money. To, Brad. That's well, what happens was, to things that lose money. Yes, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it was doing great, but also, like you know, that's that stuff is well documented. I've never read Dean Takahashi's book. I've always meant to about that, but you know, it's 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 well documented how like obsessed they were with beating Sony to market. Uh, but so yeah, that thing came out a year before the Wii and the PS3, and it was the first like packed in wireless controller, and that is a huge deal. It also had bumpers. Bumpers were important too. Sure. Like the bumper, the bumper is well, moving the black and white button from the face buttons oh, oh, sure. to making it bumpers sure. was means yeah. that those buttons were suddenly accessible to people. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, or something, you know, the Sony had kind of had that, that two by two shoulder configuration already. But, yeah. R1 and R2. I still don't know uh, which one's which I've been playing PlayStation <laughs> games for 10 years dude, and I, and I still can't remember. I that's bad. Every time. Tell me which one is Z and which one is ZR. ZR. I mean, I know yeah, the answer, know, but yeah. it's like, if you think R1 ZR R2, is the top one, isn't it? No, it's the bottom one. God damn it. Okay. Uh, so Xbox 360 is on the list. Yeah. So far. I, I, will, I will say the, the later model with the transforming D pad was significantly better. I have one of those. I don't think it was better, dude. I do. I, I think it was. I, I think they put lipstick on a pig with that. Uh, I mean, it was a nice stopgap. It was better than nothing. Uh, yeah, I think that makes the list. I think we can bundle the Xbox series controller and the Xbox one controller into one category. They are really close. I mean, I'm trying to think like the Xbox one, like you've got that here. That's good. Added rumble in the triggers. Yeah. Um, I don't think that was a real killer feature just no, for, for the need. I mean, it's It's a cool little add on, but like that thing was very much just an improved 360 controller for the most part. They fixed the D pad. Yes. That, yes. The D pad was fantastic. In fact, I yeah. like the D pad better. I think on the Xbox one than I do on the series. Oh, absolutely. The series has that weird series, like hex circle thing. They went back to the disc with the diagonals, yeah. which I don't love. And also the click. I'm literally clicking it into my microphone right now. Like I, I it's too loud. It's too clicky. It is really loud. Yeah. I, I like the, um, yeah, I, I like the, just the D pad on the face. It's not, it's not yeah. my favorite. I like in that era. I like the, I think I like the dual shock, uh, D pad better. I, I slightly, you know what? I, don't love about either way. This is this might be a deal breaker, actually. Uh, the, the way they changed the shape of the bumpers on, on the Xbox One and then carry that over, where you mm. can't really press them with your fingertips anymore. You kind of like, you know what I mean? Like your fingers are kind of always poised over the triggers, and you sort of just like tap the edges of the bumpers with the kind of middle part well, of your digit you've got to do a claw grip so you can get three fingers on the buttons I don't, and then I don't, I don't like the way the bumpers i don't like i don't like the way it forces you to press the bumpers with the sides of your fingers I yeah I, I, can, I, might, I can kind of see that. I, that that is a little bit of a knock against it i think it overall it is definitely better than the, the well hmm. 
Is it better than 360? I don't know. It added the share button. That was the generation that they added the share button because sharing became important. The series controller does. The The Xbox One no, the Xbox controller. One does not have a share button. Doesn't it have a? Yeah, I thought. No, I thought that the, was no, that was all built into the dashboard. You had to pop the, the guide and hit oh, like that's right. X and Y to do screenshots and stuff. That's right. Uh, Sony, Sony added a share button on the PS4. Sony loves to share. But it's about yes, the feeling. That's right. Microsoft was late to the party on sharing. Okay, I. I do, how do we want to handle the Elite controllers? The other question is uh, they added paddles, a bunch of other weird stuff. It was really expensive. That was yeah, a new innovation. I don't, I don't think that really counts here first party it's like i feel like i feel like we're i feel like we're ranking like economy sedans and all of a sudden like a like a mercedes enters the conversation and it's like ah come on but it's a mercedes from the company that makes the economy sedans it's like a lexus i I know Uh, okay okay i'm fine i'm fine not counting i thought i think also i'm my by the time the paddles came out my brain was so not plastic anymore that i could never figure out how to use them reliably yeah, i never so. bothered i never bothered yeah. to use like it was just a nicer feeling xbox one controller to me you ever also, put that tall stick on there though what's that i like that tall stick you get the tall stick and you get the super long throw i don't like a tall stick i like a tall stick uh also the the elites have had enough reliability issues over time for a controller that expensive that that kind of bums me out as well I think the Elite 1 was fine. The Elite 2 seems to be yeah. a kind of trash fire, seen, though. I've seen... The only thing I ever saw about the Elite 1 was, like, the the finish, the outer layer of the controller the peeling off. Yeah. But I've seen people talk about the Elite 2 just straight up breaking on them a lot. Okay, get, I, get I the hell out of here, Xbox One controllers. I only have an Elite 1. Um. Oh, hey, we didn't talk about this. The fact that they added the app that lets you tweak the profile for the controllers, that started that started as an Elite thing, and I think it eventually came yes. down to the series controllers, yes, too. Yes, that is the case. It might like, even apply to the regular Xbox One controllers. I'm not sure. Like, being able to tweak Dead Zone and, like, acceleration and stuff like that on stick is really cool. Wait, can you do that? Uh, you can do it on Holy the Elite shit. and the series controllers. I'm not sure about the... Uh, Xbox One controllers. I knew, I knew you could do like custom button layouts and stuff. I didn't know you could tweak the sensitivity and the behavior I'm of the stick. I'm that's p- huge. Plugging it in and launching the app right now. Just Dude, so I'm, like that's. I wish every game had that. Like there are some games like Deathloop is a game where the analog stick control never felt quite 100 percent right to me. Yeah, and I, and I really wish it had like a, an acceleration curve control or something like Dead Zone yep. adjust in there, and it did not, and that bummed me out. I didn't know you could do that at the system level. That's cool as hell. You have to download the Xbox Accessories app, which okay. I do not have on this machine. Yes. But I'll have it in a minute, and I'll tell you if that is indeed the case for the series controllers. Yeah, I believe that exists on the PC as well. It does, yeah. And you can absolutely. do that there, too. Um, uh, okay, so let's leave that there temporarily while I, yeah, while I confirm that okay. this works. The Xbox One is definitely pretty strong. Syncing my data. Okay, here we go. Ah, here we go. Yeah. No, you can. you cannot do the stick mapping. Oh. Well... You can only do the stick mapping on, I guess, the elites. Well, then throw that controller in the trash. Yep, that's bad. Okay, never mind. Forget that I said this. Um, Take them, cut, cut them off by uh, Xbox One controllers. Okay, I'm going to say Genesis 3 button does not rate uh, as much as I... Wow. As much as I love the weird hollow feeling of that controller and the strange, like, sort of pumping feel and sound of those giant face buttons... Yeah, like the like, big buttons were nice. It's there's something weird about the way that controller feels that I kind of like or am nostalgic for. But uh, the hollow re- sound is a good call out too because it makes a like it sounds like there's nothing in there. Yeah, like when my friend got one of those for the first time and I went over there and played it, I was like, "What the hell's going on in this thing?" 
Like there's like the feel like I'm pumping something in here when I press these buttons. Did, did you have friends that played that? Like hold sitting on their lap with just three buttons on the ABC buttons. Like, like they do fingers. They do fingers. And yes, stuff I, have, I have seen. I have seen the three fingers technique, which is just nonsense. Uh, I think uh, the six button is maybe one of the better of the like fight pad style. Yeah, controllers. Totally. people people like the six button Genesis controller. They really like the Saturn controller, which is basically just a better version of the six button Genesis. So I don't have any experience with the Saturn controller because it's another one of those ones that I have like maybe 15 minutes across my entire life with. Like if you like um, if you like CPS two fighters. Yeah, it's your favorite controller ever. Basically okay. is how that breaks down. Like if you love the mid nineties, 2d Capcom fighting games, like you fucking love that controller. Yeah. Cause you need that. You need six buttons for street fighter and, yeah. and all those games. But right? it's also the D pad. Like there's just a bunch of the mechanics about it. People really like for fighting games. What, what is it that makes a, is it that the, that it rolls I nicely and do the sweeps easily? I honestly can't speak to that. Like I, okay. I don't know. There's there. I'm sure there's something about the D pad design that people really like. Um, I'm going to put, I'm going to put Genesis six button on this list. I mean, I think I would say Saturn over that. Oh, okay. If we were to go for one, but I don't know that I. It's. Well, I mean, look, it's basically the kind of ultimate example of the two D only, like gamepad, the D pad and button thing. I think it's better than the NES controller. The SNES controller. Personally, no. Okay. But I mean, just like as. As the kind of swan song of that era, you know, like this was the same time the N64 was putting analog on and then the PlayStation did. Right. And like, that's true. Saturn was just left in the dust on, on controller design as well as just about everything else. Uh, Look, they had a, it was a souped up uh, 32X without all the weird analog Paso 3 stuff. Anyway, um, I like I think I feel like let's put it on the list. We can cut it later if we have to. Mm, yeah. OK, I'll put Saturn. I, I Yeah, it's there. I think, I think the Saturn Saturn is fine. I think it's like it's like a it's like an example of like fine craftsmanship, but not like forward looking design sensibilities. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like it's, it's, it's a really it's a really well executed, outdated design. It's a beautifully made sword in a world where people are carrying around revolvers. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, yes. Saturn is the, yes, the the broadsword of controllers. Yep. Okay. That's, just, that's just me. That's just me poorly trying to come up with a title for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um hmm. okay so i think i think we can cut genesis if we're going to yeah we're potentially put saturn on there genesis does not i think really. genesis yeah that's fine um i don't okay. think i can i can't back any of the original xbox controllers on here they're just so gangly and i like the breakaway cable but you're right like they're not none of them are good like you know what my xbox hey. s controller always squeaked really always interesting I, I, it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, just, just, it had a squeak every time you would hold it in your hand and squeeze it in the slightest. My, my first dual sense would do that. Uh, dual shock four would do that too. So, you know, I, pl- I played a shitload of video games in this era just because it's when I started the game spot and I had to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always lean toward the Xbox for multi-platform cause they always looked and ran the best. Yeah. And I remember, I remember how excited I was getting my hands on the S because it was so much better than the Duke. Oh, like it was a huge upgrade. To me, at least. Yeah, like, I, I didn't I didn't hate the Duke. The only thing I didn't like about the Duke was the position of the black and white buttons. Yeah, those were terrible. Like the those those got better on the S, but really they were just, like up above, right? On the yeah. Duke and down below on that. Like they were below I think they were I, also like a weird shape, like kind of hard to they were press. like overly and kind of recessed. Yeah. yeah. I, I did not love that stuff. And the S no. just had like a nicer, like sleeker sort of profile in the hand. 
but neither of them were very but, good. I think you're right about that. Like you're you're right that the breakaway cable was cool in its day, but you know what's better than the breakaway cable? Uh, no cable. No cable. No cable's better. Okay, kill the Duke. I don't. I don't kill think. The, I don't think the Xbox controllers really did much of note. Oh, hey, we're up to the GameCube again, dude. I can't. Show me a ga- a controller that is more comfortable to hold than the GameCube controller. Um, any of them on this list? <laughs> what? It fits had, perfectly in your hand. It nestles. Those, it's got those weird, like sharp ridges on the edges behind in the back. Those, those, those like, cup your fingers into the, the correct holding positions. The finger blades, the thing that cuts into your hand, so you can't what, put. What it the, how the hell do you hold a controller? Those, it is a spectacularly comfortable. I have one in my entertainment center still, so I can plug it into the Wii when I play uh, classic games. Man, I just like two of those face buttons are shaped like lima beans. Okay, the face the, buttons are not great. I'm, the, I'm, the gigantic I'm gonna, A button feels like something tense on the triggers. The gigantic green A button feels like something out of a Fisher Price product. I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. Wow. Oh yeah, more like more like Zelda. Am I right? No, dude, I love Wind Waker. It's one of my favorite games. I know. I'm just saying, you just made the same argument that they made about Wind Waker. That's, when that people unf- were like, that is unfair. That is unkind. This is a this is a controller for babies. I mean, I, uh, I get what they're so, going for. Like they, they have the idea of like, I mean, that was, that's, that was high concept Nintendo there again of like, Hey, what if we had one main button and then there was some other stuff, but it's really, it's the one button, but it never worked out in practice that way. Well, so, okay. So here's my argument for, uh, the GameCube controller. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to stick on this too hard. Had a bad D pad. Eh, I don't remember the D pad being terrible. It's, it little, it's small. It's too small. Yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It was definitely too small. Um, but the, but the analog stick was really good. The triggers feel spectacular there's a really nice long throw them they have a little yep. detent at the end that chonks in nicely you're right you're right those triggers feel very good those are probably the best thing on that controller i think i think that the thought i think you're right that the thought between a giant a button for the main verb that you do in the game and a secondary b button for the second most important verb you do in the game probably were better ideas than they were realized in practice yeah but those buttons both felt really good. And the lima bean buttons weren't bad. I mean, they're fine. Like, like what I'm... you use X and Y for in most games. Like, like really, if I have one, like the thing that got the GameCube game is that is that around the time the GameCube came out, also Microsoft figured out or, or Bungie figured out how to do first person shooter controls on game pads. And the first person control shooter controls didn't work with the small C stick. Really? Like, yes. Like, like if, if, if there, if this, if this controller had come out in a time before first-person shooters were booming on on those platforms, I think it would have been a different. Like if, if we were trying to play, if we were, it's weird because Nintendo does this a lot. They had really forward-thinking hardware and then kind of backwards-looking software where they weren't keeping up with the trends because they didn't like the violence in the in in right. shooters. Right, and as a result, the controller was maybe not great. It would have been great for for third person platformers. Yeah. And, and they made some bets that did not pan out. Like, I still think it's a really comfortable controller. I think it's really good. Yeah, I, I get it. It's pretty, it's pretty ergonomic. Like the C, the C stick was basically just an evolved version of the stupid C buttons from the N64. And like, that was a bad idea to begin with. (laughs) They should have just dropped it instead of trying to do it again. Well, yeah, they look, they should, the mistake that they made is that they should have either done two full sticks or or yes, yes. stuck with one stick and written this yes. probably shuttered the company at the end of that generation because it would have gone even worse. <laughs> I think I think that was well, that was not in the cards, but I think they were they were really feeling it before the Wii came along and kind of we and the S to be fair. 
Yeah. But before those were huge successes, I think the GameCube was pretty rough for them. I don't you're, know. You're going to cut this, aren't you? Uh, we can. What about the WaveBird? It's the first wireless controller, Brad. To be honest, I, you know, I think I would throw the GameCube controller a bone and just say that the WaveBird counts as part of the GameCube controller argument. Like, I'll just give them that. I mean, I, I, I'm were, fine putting the WaveBird on the list and leaving were, the GameCube controller off, frankly. Ooh, now you're talking. Like, I think the WaveBird, like, like also their pairing system for the WaveBird maybe is better than anything that's come since. Oh, I never owned one. How did, it, oh, how did that work? It had a it had a knob that had numbers written on it. What? And you turned and you had a dongle that you plugged into the control in the controller port on the front of the thing. And you made sure that the dongle had the same number on it that your that your uh, your your controller had on. Wow. That's so literally you didn't have to press any buttons or anything. It just was you just turned the knob to pair kind of, up. That's kind of that's kind of awesome. That's like a little video game puzzle. It also meant that if you were playing with friends, you could you could mess them up. By turning on your WaveBird and turning on the same number as them and that's, like jack up their inputs. That's really rotten. Yeah. I'm kind of into it. All right. Yeah. Check this out. I'm going to type the word WaveBird here. I, I, I can get behind this. And forget the rest of the GameCube. That's fine. Like I, I really have to give them a lot of credit for putting the first true good wireless controller out. Yeah. Like like they looked at it and were like, hey, here's a problem. People don't sit on the like old people meaning 20 year olds at that point aren't going to sit on the floor in front of their TV like they did when they were eight, uh, you know, looking up all the time yes. at the Nintendo. Yes. I think we have to talk about the Wii. Man, I was kind of avoiding it. I would not put any of those on here if you really. They sold so many Wiis, man. That doesn't mean much. To the I did a lot of, of bowling over those years. <sighs> yeah. Like, like the, I mean, so here's the thing is if for me, if they had launched the Wii with the IMU controller that came later with the gyroscope and the accelerometers with the motion plus stuff, like that was a pretty good, like that, that was, that was good for more than just waving your arm around really fast to make something happen on the screen. So that's exactly where this breaks down for me is that like Wii Sports being good does not make up for the fact that, like, otherwise that controller was, like, kind of a pale imitation of what you thought it was going to be at launch. You know what I mean? Like, you thought it was going to be what the Motion Plus went on to actually be years later, right? Yeah. Which is that you thought you were going to get kind of one-to-one control between what your arm was doing and what your character's arm in the game was doing. And it very much was not actually that. What, um, and the what came in the box was. with the Wii? Was it just one Wii mote? Yeah. And, and a nunchuck? Ah, God. Man, I like the nunchuck. You were really straining my memory here. I know it, it was one. We, I, I it was a rhetorical question. Oh, it's one there, one Wii mode and a nunchuck. Oh, was there in was the a box. nunchuck in the. Okay, yeah. I started to say they might have sold the nunchucks separately. Okay. Yeah, because you had to have the nunchuck to play um, some of the, some half of the Wii, Wii sports games. games. Okay. 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 Yeah, that's good. Like the, like the like the bow and arrow one, you had to have the nunchuck for. Yes. Um, I like. Part of me says we shouldn't include the Wii stuff because it spawned generations of really bad stuff. It was such a spectacular success despite being kind of bad. Yeah. Well, like, what do you have in mind? Well, I mean, like the PlayStation Move followed, the Connect oh, sure. followed. Oh, we yeah, didn't talk yeah. about Connect oh, at Jesus. all. Holy shit. Fuck, fuck the Connect, dude. <laughs> Never say that, that, that word again. Xbox One, that shipped with the box. Never say that word again. You couldn't buy it without the Connect. You're right. In a world, yes, in a world without the Wii remote there's also no connect yeah 
So really, like if 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 I had a time machine and I went back in time and killed the Wiimote, <laughs> we wouldn't have had a connect. Boy, um, moral philosophical questions we are not prepared to tackle here. <laughs> um, um, I think the Motion Plus is cool, but it was sort of too little, too late. If that makes sense, or it was I, I, it was kind of just enough, but too late. I guess I would say like it is what you wanted the Wii remote to be in the first place, but they didn't deliver it until God. When did that thing even come out? Halfway through late halfway through if oh, it came out with uh, Skyward Sword. That was 2011, I believe. Yeah, that that's right. Let's see. This just for Ooh. me, the whole oh, thing. No, no, let me. I have to correct myself. I'm sorry. The motion. Wow. No, the motion plus came out in 2009. Oh, with Wii Sports Resort. So that was only three years into the Wii. Hmm. So basically, so basically what happened is when phones came out and drove the price of those chips down. Uh, the gyroscope chips down because like if you look at the price curve for gyroscope chips from 2007 when the iPhone came out to 2010 when they oh, launched the iPhone 4 sure the prices went from like a three dollars a chip to like 18 cents a chip or something that, like that. that my good old Apple economy of scale yeah uh, is that what the IMU is is that like an integrated sensor I am yeah it stands for integrated um, motion oh, inertial motion? motion unit or something okay uh, but it's basically a gyroscope, an accelerometer. Sometimes there's a compass in there. Um, so just more points of data giving it basically it gives you a closed box way to tell what's moving on a device. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. I so, just, I, you know, thinking about the applications of motion, even after the motion plus can't like skyward sword was not, that was supposed to be the showcase for what the motion plus could do. And eh. we sports resort was pretty good. Yeah, that's true. Like, it was basically a pack-in for the dongle thing. Like, like, the Wii Sports games were kind of the only true successful Wii motion games. Oh, the, look, you're going to say that now people are going to post, like, 50 games that no, are awesome. Because, sure like, a bazillion games came out for the Wii. But I'm sure there was other stuff. But there were tons of games where people just tolerated the presence of motion controls rather than, like, celebrated them. Yeah, like, like look, when I had the opportunity to buy Breath of the Wild on either the Wii U or the Switch and deal with motion stuff on the Wii U or not on the Switch... Or no, Twilight Princess is what yes. I'm thinking about. Yes. Right. I, I went with Twilight Princess on the Wii U as a no-brainer because... You mean on the GameCube? On the GameCube. Because wow, I didn't have to that? deal with the motion stuff. Huh? Do you, do you still have it? Do you have a GameCube copy of Twilight Princess? I think Probably. That's like, Why? I think that might be... Is it desirable? Some, it might be of some value. They did a pretty limited print run of that game. Yeah, interesting. It came out like a month after. I think it came out like a month later. And yeah, they didn't make that many copies, I think. I, I ordered that because I didn't know that I was going to have a Wii, Wii at the time... Like I was, I, I was early, I was not early on the Wii pre-order list, I thought. Okay. So I got the GameCube one because I wanted to play. Anyway. Well, you came out ahead. Also, yeah. that entire game was flipped. It was mirrored. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, because like, they, you had to play with your right hand on the Wii. Well, Link right? is, Link is traditionally a lefty. Yeah. And they, but yeah, most people are right-handed. So they wanted that to be reflected in the motion you were swinging around. It'd be a very different game if you're just swinging your shield around for hours and hours. Yes. All right. Okay. Can Cut I, the Wii. I'm going to strike all of the motion controls through here. Uh, the, the other thing that was neat about the Wii is the fact that it had the little extension extension port that you could plug the nunchuck in and then plug like a gamepad or a normal or the, like the, the SNES gamepads that they had it's for that. Kind of a neat idea. And it did allow them to sell a motion plus dongle that could just attach to existing. But also it was just an excuse for them to sell a buttload of accessories. That also was true. Yeah. Okay. Cut it. Yes. Gone. Okay, so we have so currently the list as it stands in no particular order is the N64 three prong controller, 
the DualSense 5, the, the one that shipped with the PS5, the SNES controller, the Xbox 360 pad, the Saturn controller, and the Wavebird. So we have That's one, two, six, six things on our list of 10. That is six. That is six. Um, I think the Wii U doesn't hang. I have got a real soft spot for the Wii U controller. The Pro controller? Or oh, the, the actual, yeah, like the, the, the one tablet. The screen. Yes. I'm not saying it should be in the top 10, but I... Look, something about it, man. I don't know. It's just so ridiculous. It's so big. It added contactless, which was cool. It had a touch screen, which was neat. Yeah, it was a it was single touch, though, right? Single touch. It was a resistive single touch pad. Yeah. yeah. I I remember one time when I was sick, I unplugged the Wii U from the living room and I carried it back and I plugged it into the power port next to my bed and I laid in bed and I played, I, I don't like a Zelda, so probably the Wind Waker reissue that they did for that. And that was great. Yeah. Really loved it. I could say it's genuinely kind of a neat idea. Like, yeah. Also, it led to the situations where you saw like photos of people dragging their entire Wii U onto an airplane or, yep. you know, or sitting there in class, plugging it into the outlet in the side of the classroom. <laughs> like the fact that you could play that uh, like a big ass console without a TV around was kind of cool. But are we just saying that because it's like a bad like are we basically saying, hey, this is a bad switch? Hmm. Like, is it is it making the list because it's a bad switch? It's interesting because it's like a proto kind of primordial version of a switch. But yeah. it's also but it's also an evolved version of a DS. Like you can kind of see the lineage both directions. Like you can absolutely yep. see how the Wii U came about off the back of the DS's success. So it was literally Wait. like, how do we add a second screen that is a touchscreen to our next console? Because that is doing gangbusters for us in the handheld. Is the Wii U your GameCube? Is is this is this the one is this the one that is bad I, that you I love? Mean, like again, I'm not. I would not make a serious argument that is one of the ten best controllers on this list that we are making. I mean, it, it did it did bring a lot. Like the the handheld, like arguably the idea the idea that it was the beta test for the Switch and the Switch was actually like, man, I don't know anybody who replaced a Wii U stick. No, certainly not. Right, mine, mine still works. You could buy that big ass battery. Nintendo sold a, an official. Like what? large capacity battery for that thing. Where did it, did it hang off the back? Yeah, I think it was just a like it stuck out more in the back than the regular oh, battery wow. does. But hey, user replaceable rechargeable battery. Look at that. Yeah, that's a pro. You know, the you range know on it was really bad, though. Yeah. Like if you broke line of sight with your Wii. I had my Wii in a cabinet and like yeah. if I walked more than about 15 feet away, it just went to shit. Yeah, like using a Wii U in studio settings quite a bit. You definitely Oof. ran into the limitations of that thing. Um. I still think conceptually that the, the Wii U gamepad is a bold number 10. I, I can get behind that. I'm just going to write it here. Yeah, put it down. Like it added, like, look, Amiibos became a punchline over the next 10 years. But mm-hmm. like the idea that they like that Toys to Life stuff was such a big deal. And the idea that that like they were doing that. And and, and you know what? Even that aside, like the the stuff that you could do with having everybody watching a TV, but one person, like the like I I'm still bummed that there were no other games like Nintendo Land that really really used that in like God, a couch yeah, situation. Nintendo Land was cool because like like those games those games where you had four people sitting on the couch using normal controllers and one yeah. person was on the pad, like you could do some like it, it was it was like Proto Among Us in a lot of yeah, cases. Like, like, like asymmetric multiplayer is a generally a super cool concept and that was a good way to facilitate it yeah okay i could get behind this i could i can, I can put put a, a number 10 slots for the wii u i didn't even come into this thing expecting to go to bad for that thing but here we are look 
I didn't expect anybody to go to bat for that thing. Um, but the G pad was good. The buttons were in a good place. It was comfortable to hold despite being huge and chonky. Have we cut too aggressively? Well, I wondered that. Because I don't know if we have 10. Let's see. That's seven. We have yeah, seven we things on here. We kind of skipped over the. Well, we have to talk about the connect probably. Oh, no, we don't. That doesn't count. <laughs> um, let's see. Is there anything we would I would put back? I don't think anything that we've cut I would put back. Yeah. Like so much of this stuff is so iterative or evolutionary. You know, like again, like the Sony controllers are just each one slightly better, except for the six axis, which was actually worse. But, you know, like each one was just kind of the same thing, but slightly better. We talk about move controllers. Ah, uh, the PlayStation Move. Yes. The I'm trying to think. God, there was no Xbox equivalent, was there? The Connect was the Xbox equivalent. <laughs> the uh, God, what was it? Seen it? The Seen it trivia buzz in controllers for the 360. Oh man, I have a Close. set of those. Those I are did, great. I, I totally also do. My family really liked playing Seen it for one, I, one Christmas. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you know, you can plug those into your PC and set it up as a Steam profile because oh. it just shows up as an X input controller and you can play like Jackbox. And, well, oh, you can't wow. play Jackbox, but you can play other trivia games that's, with them. That's kind of neat. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think the Scenic controllers make the nope. cut, Brad. I'm sorry. Nope, they do not. Uh, do we want to talk? We, we haven't talked about the Xbox Series controller. Uh, we did a little bit. Talked about the oh. texture on the triggers. It's very good. Like, I, you know, I'm sitting here looking at it. It's got textured triggers. It's got the share button. Uh, there's got to be something else about it that's new. Batteries. Well, they all oh, have batteries. You, you, uh, it, you can replace the batteries. What I like about it, actually, is if you double tap, if you're running the late and the newer firmwares, if you double tap the radio button, the pair button. Oh, yeah. It'll switch between the two most recent devices it connected to. because So you can switch it between wireless on your PC and wireless on your Xbox. Do you know if the Xbox One controller's got that? Nope. They did not. They did not. That is pretty good. Like, yeah, this is almost a whole other episode topic, but the degree to which the modern Xboxes are just kind of turning into PCs is kind of hilarious. To me. <laughs> I think it's kind of a, all the consoles, honestly. Well, but I mean, really, like Microsoft's, <clears throat> excuse me, like Microsoft's OS UI design chops are like very obviously being brought to bear on parts of that thing. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, did you see the night mode they just added? No, like it is almost exactly the dialogue from like a like a, a Windows type control panel mm-hmm. that you would see to let you you can schedule it like you can set a custom schedule or set it against the sunrise and sunset. Mm-hmm. Um, you can adjust like there's sliders for the brightness of the controller light and the console light. Like it tints the screen like it, it gives you the yeah, orange yeah. tint on the like that's literally like out of Windows. Basically, it's like it's literally like the, the night night light or whatever it's called in Windows, basically. That's pretty nice. I, I'm I'm actually I'm going to put my S in the living room to replace the launch Xbox because my daughter uses it to play like Viva Pinata and stuff sometimes still. And and like um, I, I, I like I'm a little torn on the Xbox one. We, like, I feel like the Xbox one controller is better. The 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 Rev two ones, the Bluetooth ones that launched hmm. with, I think, the S. Yeah, the launch model Xbox one controllers were not great. Well, they didn't. They were only that Wi-Fi direct, that weird Wi-Fi not, direct variant that they used. They did not they have Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Yeah, they also did not have headphone jacks. <clears throat> well, actually, the, like fucking huge shout out to whoever decided to put headphone jacks into controllers like that. Man, I think should we the, revisit like that? The first place I saw that was on the DualShock Four. Yes, the DualShock Four. That was huge for especially somebody with a partner who goes to bed very early for to get up early to, for work. Oh yeah. Like, 
being able to just plug my nice headphones straight into the controller I was using and not have to worry about any other wireless crap. Like, huh? So I'm radical gonna, innovation. I'm going to get, okay. I think, I think, I don't think we can put both Xbox one and Xbox series controllers on. Certainly not. If the 360 controller is always also on here. I think the DualShock 4 might make the cut, though. Concave trigger, mm. triggers, touch, the headphone port. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. You're not wrong. Like that, uh, I would argue that that is maybe the first good PlayStation controller. Oh, I'm with you. I, I was like shocked when the PS4 came out. I was like, dude, this like I have not loved Sony controllers to date, really. But this thing's fucking awesome. Like, yeah. Even with the kind of weak triggers on that thing, it became my preferred controller of that generation. Yeah, as soon as it became sport, like I used DualShock DS4 for Windows for years to use that on my PC. Like I jumped through all the hoops of, oh wait, you're Uh talking about the literal DS4 Windows app. Like Like an app that you had to run in the background to make the controller work for your X input game. Yes. And then Steam just started supporting it out of nowhere and that was wonderful. Yes, but I I too jumped through all those hoops for PC games because I liked it so much. That's, yeah, the DualShock 4 is pretty good. I'm writing it down. In some ways, I still like it more than the DualSense. Wow. Um, okay. But yeah, I, we don't need, we definitely don't need three Xbox controllers on here. The one and the series are so close. I, I mean, so the question is, is the series enough of an improvement over like the Rev? Like if I was putting the Xbox one controller on, it has to be the Rev two ones. It can't be the Rev one one. Yeah. And honestly, the only thing I don't like about the Xbox series controller is the hex is the bad D pad. You're right. I'm I'm with you. I think of those two, the series controller probably has to go on there with the extra accessibility options and the dual profile kind of toggling device stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. And and I get mine's blue and shiny. Wait, I got the blue one. Oh, wow. It's like the pearlescent kind yeah. of finish. Oh, that's cool. Is that a design lab? No, that's I just paid money for that. Oh, that, that's one of the stock designs. It's a stock. It's a stock one. Ooh, like they've done a good like, look, they've Dude, done design a good lab. job. Yeah, like, the design shit, lab thing like, is really cool. Xbox too. design lab is like <laughs> almost belongs on this list. It's so cool. Uh, so that puts us at nine. Yeah. Should, I mean, sure so does. here's my question. Does the mm-hmm. NES gamepad come back on this list because it was the thing that started gamepads? Uh, see, again, that's one of those things where it's like, okay, historical value versus actual usability in a modern context, or even in the day. I'm going to point at the N64 controller. Hmm. Okay, so let's see. Other things that could potentially come back. I mean, I think the GameCube, perfectly cromulent design, very good, real solid. Um, I'm not going to make man. an argument for that. It's a bad idea. Maybe the Wii does come back. Like there, are, if there are any Smash players that listen to this podcast, they are no longer listening to this podcast. Look, I, I, I still plug my GameCube controllers into play Smash. Brad, do you really? Yeah, I bought the dongle for the Wii U years ago, and it works on the Switch. So wow, yeah, forward that's compatibility. A, a hey, of, that's something yeah. we haven't talked about. Is forward compatibility became a thing at some point along here. Uh, yeah, kind of only for, well, I started to say only for Microsoft, but you literally just gave a Nintendo example. Yeah. Um, Uh, you'd have to buy something for the Nintendo example. Well, no, no. Cause the GameCube controller is just plugged into the Wii. Yes. And then you had to buy the thing for the Wii U, I guess. Yes. I mean, the Microsoft initiative is so sweeping. It's like 
kind of, I think everything from the Xbox One works on the series consoles. I believe so. Which is like stunningly generous by corporate video game standards. Well, okay. So I'm fine having a top nine. Sure. Let me skim this list one more time and see if there's yeah, anything. Yeah, do really, a run. I mean, the lists are inherently meaningless. Like, <laughs> like you can't tell just, them that, man. Not, they, they, not, they're listening. Not to just give up the game here. Um, oh, we've reached the, the dark, the dark center of the list. Okay. Yeah, to hell with it. Top nine. The nine best controllers ever made for video game consoles. From the NES to, to, to current day. 2021 edition. Okay. I'm going to say the Wii U gamepad almost got a pity inclusion to begin with. So that's probably number nine. Wait, wait, wait. Now, hold on. You came in. Oh, yeah. Wii U gamepad. Absolutely. Okay. 100%. Sorry, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were talking about. I thought you, I thought you were trying to s- squeeze something else in here. No, 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 no. Just doing the rank here. Okay. I'm going to change like, this to a. This is now a numbered list, Brad. Like, okay. It's getting highlighted. It's changed. I'm going to say right now, the order we have things is at number nine, the Wii U gamepad. Yes. I think, um, I think as important as the Nintendo 64 controller adding extensibility and an analog stick are literally everything else about that means it should be toward the bottom of this list. I agree with you. I, you know, the one other thing I'll say it has going for it is the D pad is quite good. It's just a shame that your hand never rests on the D pad because of the way that thing is designed. You know, the one thing I will say about it, though, is that they embrace some real weird stuff in the games they made, because I don't know if you've ever played the two two analog stick control mode for Goldeneye. No, but I've heard legend of it. It was incredible. That's that's pretty good. It was like playing with a mouse and keyboard, except for you had analog control over speed, too. That's 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 the kind of high concept weird I can get behind. I just wish the actual controller was better. So number eight, the N64 three prong. Mm hmm. Um, oh, you know what? I forgot the WaveBird was already on here. We don't need GameCube. That's true. First wireless. I feel like mm. WaveBird's kind of near the top. Wireless is important. Yeah, that's like that. Yeah, sure. Nearer the top. Where do you think the Saturn lands? I mean, part of this is just having no real nostalgic affinity for it myself, but I feel like mid to low. It, it is, again, it really is just a very good version of a, a very old tried and true design. Yeah, I can get behind that. So below the N64 or above the N64 yes. is the question. I'm going to say yes. Well, hold on, but that was not a yes or no question. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> I was too busy putting it on the list where I think it should go. You're putting it at number. It goes below the Nintendo 64. Okay. I, I think that's probably right. I think um, because much like with most everything about the Saturn, they did absolutely nothing to innovate. They literally just made the Genesis six button controller again. Panzer Dragoon with with, with, sh- with shoulder buttons. Uh, I'm going to move the dual sense down. I think it should be above the wave bird, but below the 360. I completely forgot. I was just reminded that the Saturn actually did end up getting an analog pad eventually. Wow. Really? Yeah. I had completely forgot. It's called the 3D. Oh, right. 3D control pad, I think is the name of it. Wasn't that right at the end though? It was, I think it was later on because just like everything else, Sega was just playing catch up constant, constantly at that point. Also, it is like a very primitive version of the give the Dreamcast controller. So fair. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. So poor Saturn. Let's, 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 let's do, let's do some in, interbrand fighting here. 
Xbox okay. Series and Xbox 360, which is high, which is uh, low. I mean, like just objectively side by side in today's by today's terms, like series controller beats the pants off the 360. Well, of course, that but, goes without saying, though. But the 360 controller was like so historically significant. It brought wireless. It brought bad D pads to to PC. To to it brought PC gaming to the masses with like game good, pads. Good analog triggers. Good analog triggers. Um, Good bumpers, kind of good, good sticks, good everything. I thought the left bumper failed for almost everybody eventually, though. Wait, really? Oh, I never. I have several Xbox controllers with bad left bumpers. Interesting. I never ran into that. Huh. Um, man, I I'm inclined. Like my initial reaction is that the series should be high. I yeah, I'm kind of with you, but I also think the like the importance of wireless and the PC gaming thing maybe means that that's a bad first first take. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, honestly, I think it's like a testament to how well or how improved the series controllers are that there's even a conversation here, right? Like, yeah, I mean, that's true. Like Microsoft has really gone above and beyond on like, the, again, the accessibility, the software side of what you can do with that controller. Yeah. Uh, and and the and the, the dual purpose stuff like the, on a, you know, used on a PC, used on your Xbox. So I have a seamlessly. confession. Yes. I still use Xbox 360 controllers on all of the Steam links in the house. That I cannot get behind. Part of it is that I just have a fuckload of Xbox 360 controllers laying around. And part of it is that Valve was pissed at Microsoft when the when the Xbox One wireless dongles came out and all of my first gen Xbox One controllers, the dongles don't work with the Steam Link. Really? Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, there's baggage is what I'm saying. Uh, I did do dual shocks for a while. Yeah, you could just use Bluetooth controllers with it, right? Yeah, but the keeping keeping DualShocks charged on something you use like twice a month is hard. Um, hmm. Okay, okay. Well, let's let's table this one for the moment then. What do you, what do you think about the DualShock Dual DualShock Four versus DualSense? I dude, I'm. I almost feel like I need to go get my DualSense and like hold it, like cradle it to decide if I actually want to say this or not. But I'm almost inclined to put the DualShock Four over the DualSense at this point. I'm holding them both right now. The dual sense is weighty in a way that it, I like. It, it does have a really good solid feel. It also just feels like the parts of it are fit together in a really nice solid way. I really like this transparent one because I can see the weights spinning. Oh, I, do. I, hate, oh, I hate transparent electronics. Really? What is this? A fucking late 90s iMac? Come on. And I love it. Okay, so Ugh. here's the knock against the dual sense from where I said is that the V1 controller was actively bad. The battery was bad. Didn't last very long. Dual sense, dual sense. Sorry, dual, the V1 DualShock Four oh. was bad. The battery life was bad. If like Wait, the did, only ones that are any good life, are the ones with the stripe. Does the battery life actually get better? I don't yeah, know. The battery is way better on the I, V2. I, one. I, didn't, I didn't ever notice it being that much better. Well, I think you you have a weird relationship with the controllers because you would probably spend more time using them than most people. Yeah, but I also had like eight DualShocks, DualShock Fours, or seven. Well, yeah, or something. I had a lot of them, so I never used any one of them enough to really tell. Oh, so I had one launch one that came with my first PlayStation that got worn out, basically. I see. And then I replaced it with one of these V2 ones. I was like, this is an infinitely better controller. Yeah, so, you're, you're not wrong. It was definitely better. It um, even like it felt sturdier in your hand. But I think even just the base design of the DualShock 4 is very good. That's true. Like, I really liked the way that thing felt. Yeah. And the headphone jack again, like, I cannot overstate how much I appreciated that. Headphone jack is a good call out. I, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay, especially especially we can. Yeah, I'm okay with putting that up. It's because the dual sense has proved to be somewhat unreliable, and those the trigger features are maybe not what they what we thought they were cracked up to be in a lot of cases. 
I like the I like the dual sense trigger features. I think uh, that's just a I think I think that they fixed that in software for people who onboarded later. Probably, yeah. Um I mean again, like the you know, the demo moment at the beginning of Astro's Playroom was like a top ten all time controller moment for me. Yeah. It's just like holy shit. It's ama- it's a it's like it's like five different pieces of amazing technology layered together with some really good software. But but it is that hardware gimmick problem of no practical application has ever actually replicated that artificial showcase of it you know well, ratchet and ratchet and clank uses it it's real not well bad it's not bad sure but oh. nothing nothing has just like gone like holy shit this is incredible the way that that controller demo did i don't, i mean i like the fact that every single gun in ratchet and clank and even some of like the upgrades change the haptics is really cool and and like the fact that you don't have to you can just be focused on the crosshair and know exactly what you have without yeah to, and like putting actual like, firing mode distinctions on just the way you pull the trigger is yeah. pretty is pretty neat like you're not wrong hmm. um okay so the list right now is number 9 the Wii U gamepad number yes. 8 the Saturn gamepad number 7 the Nintendo 64 three prong controller number 6 the Xbox series controller number 5 the DualSense we're into the area where things aren't really ordered right now yeah number 4 the WaveBird number 3 the DualShock 4 number 2 the Xbox 360 and number 1 the SNES gamepad i i have bad news for you i'm about to do the thing wow what if this is the list hold on hold on i'm going to do another thing huh i don't know if you I can know get what i that. think the american Super Nintendo gamepad. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the thing. I'm going to I'm going to do the thing to the thing. What? I think that it is bad compared what? to the Japanese version of okay, the, the gamepad. But first of all, they're not different enough to say one is great and one is bad. Concave and convex buttons. I've, four I, colors versus I think that, gray and blue. Look, I love the Super Famicom color scheme. Like you don't understand that gray background with those four colors on top of it is imprinted yeah. in my child mind. Like the first time I ever saw nintendo powers import coverage of the super famicom it's like yeah seared into my mind as like oh my god i am glimpsing the future right now holy shit and like i will grant you that the nintendo i mean i'm sorry the american super nintendo like color scheme console design all that stuff is inferior i think the convex and concave button contrast okay. is actually pretty good though <sighs> i think it's pretty good I don't I don't know about the Super NES as the number one slot. I, I man. mean, look, I it's the nostalgia talking. Okay. <laughs> it's my favorite console. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like a top two for me. I mean, it took it took that, you know, gangly, like sharp cornered NES and, and very simplistic NES controller and made it like very good, right? Like it's it's rounded, yeah. it's more ergonomic, it's got way more functionality, it's got twice the face buttons and two shoulder buttons. I mean, some would argue that that maybe made it worse because it made it less accessible to mm. the larger audience. Eh. I mean, the range of stuff they did with it, like two buttons was not enough. Fair. Four fair, buttons is arguably fair. also not enough. Um, but you had the, you had the bumpers too. Right. That's what I mean. It had yeah. six, six possible buttons. I mean, and also the D pad. Very good. Very good D pad. Um, I, mean, I, I mean, look, I get it. I kind of want to put the DualShock at the top of the list. DualShock 4? Well, no, that's a bad call. Oh, man, I don't know. Maybe the 360 should be at the top of the list. I don't know. Like, I'm looking at this list and, like, nothing is jumping out at me as, like, the unequivocal all-time best controller. Maybe it's in, maybe the, maybe we gave ourselves an impossible task, Brad. Mm, it's entirely possible. Hey, there's a there's an episode title, too. Yes. Um, I mean, we could, we could just move that wave bird up. Hmm. What, what, mean. okay. You know, go ahead. I don't know that I have an argument here, honestly. <laughs> I, I think I think I get. OK, 
I can feel good about either Xbox 360 or Super NES at the top of the list. Hmm. I could even maybe feel good about the DualShock, although the Rev 1 is, is rough. I might feel good about the Xbox 360 sitting at the top. It Honestly. was it was like if for real, that was the one that opened up shooters for consoles for me. Yeah, like what it did to define what the modern controller is like that. that yeah, that's the COD Modern Warfare controller. Like it's the it's the it's the Halo control. It's the Halo 2 controller for all intents and purposes. Like it, it standardized pack in wireless controllers. It standardized like seamless PC support for controllers. Removable batteries. Um, Eventually they had a headphone yes. port. Yes. You could get that stupid keyboard for it. And honestly, to this day, I mean, like holding one, it feels a little dated to me at this point. Like set the D-pad aside, just the general kind of profile, the hand profile of it feels a little bit like it's not as elegant as the successor Xbox controllers. But 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 in terms of impact, other than that, no, what I mean, though, is other than other than it feeling a little dated and the D-pad being bad, like it still is a totally adequate modern controller. I I use it all the time. I, I literally use it all the time. Yeah. I'm yeah. That's probably the right actual choice. Like um, it's kind of it's kind of like that perfect mix of like historically influential and also still viable today. Yeah, like it's not it's it's stood the test of time, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a controller like like but but realistically speaking, I use an 8-bit do knockoff of the SNES controller all the time too because that's yeah. what I use to play most of the stuff on my mister. Totally. Totally. Like for for retro games, a Super Nintendo style controller is it. Yeah, I think I'm good at 360 at the top. I think honestly. I think I like this list. Like honestly, I mean that console just did so much to define what modern consoles are top to bottom. Well, and it lasted a long time too. There's also yeah, there's also that. Yeah. Um all right, Xbox 360 at number one, Super Nintendo at number two, DualShock 4, WaveBird, DualSense, Xbox Series. Hmm. I might move the Nintendo 64 up another spot. What? What? Over. Okay, now the Nintendo 64 is number six. I don't like the controller, <laughs> but it. It did. It, it did. It had it had a pretty strong influence. What if Nintendo came out with their next their next console and they're like, look, we're bringing three prongs back. Hmm. What if it was four prongs, two analog prongs, one D-pad prong and then look, button prong. Three, three prongs, bad, two prongs, good. OK, four prongs, it's, real good. Luckily, we've been over this. We've covered this ground. We know exactly how many prongs a controller should have. Can, can I? It's can not I make three. A, can I give you an argument in favor of the Xbox series? Uh, sure. You can you can set it up in co-pilot mode. So that one person uses one controller to control one half of the control pad and one person uses the other half of the controller to control the other half of the control pad in the same game without the game having to support it. That's pretty damn cool. I did not know about that. Yeah. Like if if I was doing stuff in a in a studio with people a lot where I was sitting in the same room with people, that would be a really good, stupid way to play games. Are you saying literally like player one gets the left half of the controller player two on another controller gets the right half? Yep, man. Yeah, that's like that's like that's like an ongoing video feature right there. <laughs> it's an it's an accessibility feature by design, yeah. but like yeah. you can like it is it is it is awesome. That's like, pretty it, awesome. It, it's great that it exists for accessibility reasons. It's I think rad that you because it, it also lets you use like if you're using accessibility controller, you can do like like foot pads or something 
on one half. Like, like that's why it's designed that. That's why it's set up that yeah, way. I mean, honestly, I, I really don't think you can say enough good things about what mo- modern Microsoft is doing with all of its controller customization and kind of software level tweaks for stuff like that. Uh, what's happening here? Okay, sure. Yeah, an honorary, an honorary number ten to the Xbox accessibility controller. Is that the official name of that thing? No, that is not the access- official name. Hold on. Adaptive controller. That's adaptive right. controller. Yes, that's the Xbox it. adaptive controller. That's that's it. I don't know if it should be at number ten. I think that maybe we should go higher. But we were kind of we were kind of focusing on like core. It's a first party controller. It's every bit as core as the NES Max. You're, you're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, let's yeah let's put that on there. Okay, I think that thing is very cool. Number ten. Xbox adaptive controller, which we forgot until the very last minute. Sorry about that. Wii U gamepad number nine. Eight is the Saturn uh, six button pad. Number seven is the Xbox series controller. Number six is the Nintendo 64. Number five is the DualSense. Number four is the Nintendo WaveBird. Number three is the Sony DualShock 4. Number two is the Super Nintendo Entertainment System controller. And number one is the Xbox 360 gamepad. That's right. I think that's I think that's a good list, Brad. That's yeah, I can I can get behind this. Also, I'm astonished that we managed to rank something in one episode. I mean, it's a double even length though, episode, even though it's basically the length of two episodes. We could just cut it in half and call it next week's episode done. Hmm. Tempting. Hmm. Um, let's do the bit of the show. Yes. Now where we thank our patrons. Thank you, patrons. Thank you, patrons. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Al- if, thank you. If you've stuck it out this long, <laughs> as always, uh, the brand will made a tech pod is a 100% listener supported show. So we really appreciate your support. Uh, thank you as always to our executive producer tier patrons, including paddle Creek games, makers of fractured veil, Andrew Slosky, the bunny fiend, Jacob chapel, Joel Krauska, twinkle, Twinkie, David Allen, and James Kamek. Thank you all so much. Brad, we're coming up. We're halfway through the month. That means it's time for people to submit Q's into A's just yes. so they're there and ready to go. Yes. Wow. Preemptive. I know. Dropping a reminder halfway through the month. Two weeks of notice. Well, I made a note for myself to remind, and it's stuck on my monitor, so I won't forget. Um, but yeah, uh, you can join the Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash techpod. Uh, for two bucks a month, you get access to the fabulous TechPod Discord, which is full of smart, beautiful people uh, where they talk about stuff like this. I'm sure that people won't have any thoughts at all about our process of winnowing these down Whoa. and or ranking them. Certainly not. Uh, and there probably won't be a lively conversation that goes on possibly for months about hmm. this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can get, you can get access to that again at patreon.com slash tech pod. Uh, or if you don't want to chuck in a couple of bucks, then tell your friends about the show. That's how people find us. I can't, I can't wait for the militant Wii motion plus faction to mobilize. <laughs> Look, here's what we say. Name a game, name the game, name the game that, that makes the Wii motion plus. Yeah, sure. Worthy yeah. of inclusion on, on a, a hallowed list. I cannot. I can't. There's no Donkey Kong 64 for the Wii that's, Motion Plus. That's right. Maybe sir. It, doesn't, it doesn't exist. Um, Brad, this has been fun. Yeah. We'll have to do uh, another ranking of at some point in the future. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it's time for us to say goodbye and we'll see everyone next week. Yeah.